The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. I barely know enough about those words that I said to put them in a sentence, and there it goes. That's how easy it is to get on the internet these days. What words? <laughs> all that shit that I was saying about vitamins, man. I fuck with <sighs> vitamins. You fuck with them? I love vitamins. <laughs> I take grape, grapeseed extract. Oh, yeah. I take methyl assist. Do you really? Yes. Grapeseed extract is good. Probiotics stand up. I love probiotics. Fuck, I, yeah. I thought we had spleens so that we could eat rocks. Spleens? Eating rocks. Yeah. Is that for eating rocks? Bones. <laughs> really? Twigs. That's rocks. what spleens are for? I thought it was just to get ruptured when you play football, like a little mm. airbag. I respect the dude that eats rocks. <laughs> yeah, well, we got eat, to. You know, we eat a lot of shit. Well, we used to eat a lot of shit. Dirt. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't that Tree bark. one of the rumors of the appendix. I'm not sure if that was ever been proven or disproven, but the, the appendix uh, originally was an organ for processing meat. But I think then it was found to be more um, uh, fibrous vegetables. That was what we had the issue with. Mm. Maybe maybe I'm, you're saying appendix, I'm saying spleen. Maybe it's something else altogether. Maybe we we're not doctors. <laughs> maybe we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> Dude, you can't be a renegade journalist, world traveler, and a doctor. No. Right? There's not enough time in this world. Yeah. Tell them, Eddie. There ain't enough time, Shane. <laughs> there ain't enough time. Get your shit together, son. You're back from a, another crazy Vice World tour? Where'd you go? Um... I went to a lot of places. We were shooting in Louisiana. Uh, that doesn't sound very dangerous, but it yes, was, it does. It was I've been to Louisiana. <laughs> it was a heavy story. Louisiana's pretty gangster. And then we went to Turkey, Syria, Dagestan, Jesus. and Greenland, and then Dublin. Whoa! What'd you do in Greenland? We were there with the Danish and Greenland Meteorological Society as they measured how fast the ice sheets are melting. And they're melting fucking fast. Wow. How fast? Very fast. (laughs) So the IPCC report just came out, and we are 60 years. So they do, every five years, they do a a report that sort of has a, 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 you know, uh, a spectrum of, you know, best case and worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario from five years ago, we're now 30 years ahead of. Wow. Yeah. And so this year, Greenland had its first full surface melt so all of the the ice sheet was melting and um highest temperatures in recorded history etc cetera, etc cetera. and so what it, greenland itself holds 23 feet of sea level rise so if it melts all of it melts um there's 27 feet higher so we're all going to be underwater everything like how deep will that take america well so it would be it would be where the water is now 27 feet higher. So it would go like the Big Bear. It would go, yeah. I mean, it would go, it would go, I don't know how high we are up here, but we're probably somewhere around 20 feet higher than sea level. I should have been. Babe, maybe. So <laughs> we would go out there and there's to be some ocean water. Yeah, but like Shanghai, New York, Done. you know, Calcutta, actually 80 of the 100 biggest cities are at sea level. Was it you guys that did the piece on Miami about how doomed Miami is? Maybe. <laughs> I, I did a fantastic piece. Up with your own work. I did a piece with Jada Stevens about global warming. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> we were just in the bang bus. Mm. <laughs> but no, that Greenland shit. When I hear things like that, yeah. and I remember I watched the Inconvenient Truth High, and I lit- I I 
I pissed my pants and mm. I was so I had a nervous breakdown. Mm. That really? movie is so scary when you're like eating edibles. But <laughs> you know, it's also the type of shit that makes me feel like I don't want to have kids. You know? Yeah. Like why Yeah, but you say that, but why are you how are you right now? Are you okay? I'm 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 good. okay. I'm, I'm I think good. most people are okay. I think most people are going to remain okay. Despite the problems of the world, I think we're going to figure out a way for most people to remain okay. The idea of uh, you know bringing a kid into the world, uh, if you're alive, the kid can be alive. And when you're dead, the kid's going to be dead too. Everyone's yeah. going to be dead. Like, what if you lived in the Maldives? Would you have kids? I mean... Well, that well, shit ain't... That's does, they, that doesn't even exist they're, anymore. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going away. But uh, actually, I did a piece there too. But uh, Greenland is interesting because, you know... So anyway, we go to Greenland, we measure the ice. The ice is melting. It's very bad. Um, and then we sort of said, okay, let's get a, a consensus scientist, like a scientist who represents this sort of global consensus of scientific thought. And we said, um, uh, uh, what's happening? <laughs> you know? And he said, we have to cut emissions. This is a conservative dude. And he's like, we have to cut emissions by 80%. And I said, okay, what if we don't cut emissions by 80%? Then you know, global warming will continue and then the sea level rise will continue to continue. And then I said, well, how much of it is man-made? 100%. Okay. And so we can change it. So I, you're right, Joe. We can, there's shit we can do to change all this stuff. But what the interesting thing I said is, is okay, so, so if we stop, you know, 80% emissions, how long does it continue? And he goes, oh, hundreds and hundreds of years, probably a thousand years. And I'm like, so global warming continues for a thousand years no matter what happens. And, and, and Greenland's going to melt. He goes, oh, yeah, Greenland's going to melt. That's a given. It's just how fast. So we will have 27 or 24 or whatever it is, feet of sea level rise. It just, is it going to be in 100 years? Is it going to be in 50 years? Is it going to be in 200 years? That's the only question now. Wow. And so no one anticipated this up until just a few decades ago. Yeah. We didn't even know what fucking sea level rise was. We're so fucking crazy. We just started burning shit and p changing the gases that yeah. surround the planet and be like... Dude, don't worry. But the, the shocking thing is, I'm like, how many, how, like, how, you know, is it, is it, how much of his man made? Because I'm like, you know, you hear all this shit about, right. well, it's, it's a cyclical thing and it's fine and nature's always done this. And he goes, no, no, it's 100% man made. And I'm like, yeah, but is that like, you know, and he goes, if you talk to any scientist, a real scientist, uh, you know, 95% of the global scientists are like, this is why it's happening. And I'm like, well, who are the other 5%? He goes, they're paid by the fucking oil companies. So what the fuck do you think they're going to say? Oh, so, and it's a given. And I'm like, why the fuck don't more people know this? That's one thing that I don't understand. And we also did this thing on the drought in Texas on, a, on another story. And everybody's like, we asked, do you believe in global warming? And by the way, all the cows are dead. Fucking, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, that's been disproved. That's been disproved. And you're like, by who? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus disproved it. <laughs> yeah, no, did there's you? people just paid the lie. Like we did a Fresh Off the Boat episode in North Dakota. Mm. And we were trying to do stories on fracking. And we stayed at a man uh... camp. And this was one of the most bugged out things I ever did. I stayed at a man camp for two nights, and all the strip clubs in the area had been shut down by the police because they had like 150 incidents of violence in these strip clubs because these dudes are out there by themselves working like 16, 18-hour shifts, and they don't see any women. Mm. So all there is is fracking sites, man camps, and strip clubs, and a Walmart. Whoa. And we drove to these frack sites, and we're shooting there, and we're trying to talk to people. And everyone was super friendly, right? Everyone wanted to talk to us to divert us. We would be on a fracking site. And they're like, look, let me show you another site that's better. Let me show you. 
and they'd drive us like 10 miles away, 30 minutes out. And then they'd stop the truck, pull over on the side of the road and be like, oh, you know that, that side I was going to show you, it's just not here, man. Mm. It's just not here. You, you could go back and check that place you were just at and then we'd go back and then nobody would talk to us. So everybody would diverse and it happened numerous times over three days in North Dakota and we ended up pulling out of that episode because we went to a steakhouse one night to talk and hang out and meet the locals and they were like, look, man, the politicians, like the people that run this town know you're here. Like you had tried to schedule these interviews with the politicians in this town and the people involved in the business and they told you they would do it, but they bailed because they just wanted to get you here and then leave you out to dry. Like we had a like interview scheduled with all these people in the town and literally the day of we got there, everybody canceled and everybody diverted us. Why did they want you to go and then just leave you out to dry? Why didn't they just want to cancel? Yeah. I have no idea. I, I'm I'm guessing that they figured some I think some people wanted to talk to us. And then once word got out that, hey, there's these guys with cameras in the neighborhood. It's a small town. Mm. The man camp, we had to get clearances. And once the people that owned the man camp... What is exactly a man camp? A man camp is literally just rows and rows of trailers on top of gravel. And you stay... It's like if your school... Like my school got hit by hurricanes before and you have classes in trailers. People just live in tra these trailers and they split them up for like three or four guys. And it's it's one of the most depressing places you could ever go. I think they wanted to get you out to the to the to, to, to invite you out to get you to the man camps because you're sort of delicious, sen sensitive <laughs> chap. This is a, a crazy thing. Is this, <laughs> so I, I watched those uh, the documentary on uh, fracking. Yeah. Um, the what, what the hell is it called? The famous one. They the, did two of them. They, they yeah. did um, some guy named Fox, right? What is that called again? Gasland. Gasland, thank That's you. That's what it is. Yeah, Very good. Gasland. Gasland was freaky. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. And I, I heard the Gasland got debunked. So I said, okay, well, what, what's been debunked? And then I looked at it. I was like, God, they're kind of nitpicking if you're calling that debunked. Yeah. And then he did Gasland, too. Yeah, like he might have been off about some of the laws and about protection. I think he, he misquoted some laws and statistics. But the, he, what he didn't misquote is these fucking people who talked about these mines being drilled, and all of a sudden their water lights on fire. Mm -hmm. he, that, that was, there's no misquoting there. What, what you're looking at is crazy. But that's what happens is, is you know, you'll do something. Like, for example, I just said Greenland's melting, and then someone will come back and say, there's more ice on the ice sheet than there ever has been before, whatever. And 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 I I bring this up in the, in the doc that every time I do anything on the environment, you have to be so buttoned up because everybody comes back to you with a bunch of bullshit. And what it is is there'll be like for example, it's winter, so there's you know there's an increase in the ice shelf, and then there's summer, and then the ice shelf melts. Melts. What they do is net ice melt, right? That's the whole key. Is like it, it, the net of the year is melting. And it's melting like fucking crazy. Of course, there's some happening in the winter, but it's the net ice melt. And every time you do anything on the environment, <clears throat> everybody's got some fucking, you know, crazy stat against or whatever. We did this thing on the, all the cows dying in Texas because of the drought. And the, the cattle ranchers can't afford the water. Why? Because the water that they do have, they're selling to the, the gas industry for fracking because they need water infused with sulfur to get it out. So, the, oh so, so you're just like, look, it's... What I find shocking about it is, okay, that's fine. We've been doing this shit for a long time. We say no to things. But we all live here. Like, the oil guys are going to fucking get fucked too. Their kids are going to yeah. get fucked too. Like, we are shitting where we eat. We are fucking ourselves. And that's what I find insidious. 
because you're just saying, we're going to fuck it up for everybody. And by the way, we're not just going to fuck it up. We're going to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to say it isn't happening, even though we fucking know it is. Because it's worth doing that for the amount of profit they can make. It's profit. worth spending, spending hundreds of millions of dollars business on propaganda. The biggest business in the world. Because they'll you be hear, dead by the time it affects them. Did you hear about the guy who was the top EPA uh, climate control specialist? It turned out that he was saying the whole time that he was actually undercover working for the CIA. So he didn't do his job with the EPA at all. He told them that he worked for the CIA mm. and that he had like secret projects and this was his cover. So they paid him. He was the highest paid employee from the EPA. And he was saying he worked for the CIA, but he didn't work for the CIA at all. So what he was, was just he getting all this money to fuck off. So the guy built them out of more than like uh, more than nine hundred thousand dollars over the course wow. of ten years. This guy was just basking in cash, and this was their top paid climate specialist. Their top paid guy was literally a complete fraud. Well, that doesn't that doesn't help our our, our shit much. No, <laughs> that's not good. Well, it's not good at all. But it's like these these are the bozos that are watching over this thing. Right, right. Yeah. Like they let this thrip slip right, through. Right, right, right. right. Like, don't you have to have, like, at least a hall pass from the CIA before they just say, oh, you work for the CIA? Okay, cool, 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 cool. There was also that point earlier in the year where the people that worked at the SEC then went to the banks, and the people that worked at the banks went to the SEC, and it's like, yo, who's the gatekeeper? Like, you guys are just rubbing each other off. Well, not only that, it's the educational institutions that set the standards and parameters for the business to be practiced in, leave their their institutions and get giant cushy jobs at these these banks and investment houses, and that was all Detailed on inside job. Did yeah. you see? F- fucking brilliant. Well, there was a great, on a, the great fall. a great piece recently on the twelve bipartisan senators and congressmen, congress people, who passed the uh, big pharma, the, the health, the, the the pharmaceutical law. And of the twelve of them, twelve quit before their term was over and went to work at big pharma. Ugh. And their average salary in Congress was like one hundred and fifty grand. Their average salary, average salary when they left was seven point five million. Jesus uh, fucking Christ! And you're just yep. like, that's oh, that's so from blatant. it's from the town, I believe. It's from the. the but oh they were objective God. when they passed those laws, making a hundred thousand yes, yes, a year. Yes, they yes. definitely yes. were objective. They were just counting that cash. Yep. Yeah. Just thinking about that boat. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Drive it in yeah. that Porsche convertible. Yeah. Oh, I feel it's like winning uh, American Idol. You know, I got elected. Yeah, I'm gonna do a couple, a uh, couple records uh, under contract, and then I'm gonna go and fucking. Be well, not only that, the standard's been set. It's like that's what's been done. It's been done many, many times. So they look at it as an option. Mm. Then not only that, they look at it as the most profitable option, which is always the one that everybody it's jumps perfectly, for. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, as long I'm, as I'm you gonna can, become a lobbyist. I, it's gonna become a thing like almost like a, like a lawyer that's trying to get a guilty client off. Mm. It's like as uh, as a lo- before a lobbyist, as an educator, it's like what can I get an intellectually behind and defend right how, how much how much without being ad- objective at all and just trying to satisfy my own need for money yeah. my need well, if for i'm greed, if i'm if i'm like a, a multi-billion dollar uh, pharma company i'm gonna hire the guy that wrote the law to to, to get what i want done how do those I? conversations take place how do those conversations take place when someone you know do they bring you in your office and go listen um this fucking stupid law that tells us that we can't frack that's dumb and that's keeping us from making money. Fuck all those people in their blowed up drinking water. We need to figure out how to get the fuck in there. Come on. They they fund their election campaigns on both sides. And whoever wins, they say, hey, I funded your election campaign. You want a lot more of this? You want tons more money? You want to get elected again? Both or you want to, sides. Why get elected? Just come over. How is that us. legal, too? How is it legal to fucking give money to both sides? That's crazy. Give money whoever you want. 
just you fucking greedy assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it say, costs a lot of money to get elected. It's just, but it's just it's so blatant that that's mm. the fact that that's how the system is. That's the actual system itself. That mm. that you know the people running things are like yeah that. Makes but the, the reason why they can do it is because we're one of the most misinformed generations. Like the information gap between your average reader and then the people making these laws and the people making mm. the deals is gigantic. And you think it's because too many laws have been passed? It's just like too much legal, like. Well, for instance, like let's say we look at the tax code, right? The tax code is thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Like for an average citizen to go read that, there's no way. It's incomprehensible. Right. They just added so many pages and so many complexities so that the average person, you know, we used to have a duty to overthrow, like the social contract. Like John Locke, you go back to the social contract, there's a duty to challenge your government and even to the extent overthrow it when you think that it's not doing justice to, to, the, to the Constitution or whatever your social contract is. But now the average person really is helpless and paralyzed because let's say you wanted to understand tax. You can't even just go understand tax. Like things are so specialized. It's like the assembly line has taken over everything. So we may know one thing. Like you may – you got comedy. You got he knows everything you know, you actually. Got, <laughs> I mean I feel like we only can know so much. There's so much to know and things have become so specialized that it's, it's very tough – to kind of strike back at the empire. Do you think, though, that with all this, like, Edward Snowden-type shit and all these leaks that are coming out over and over again with these connections between politicians and money and the, the influence, mm. oh, the, the, it's more transparency, more things have been exposed now than ever before. Do you think that's going to make it more difficult to do? No. No? I think everybody goes, yep. I mean, everybody knows it now. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing, is, is this book just came out of the town. So you mean by everybody goes, yep, meaning they just accept it? Yeah. And, wow. and I, I, I agree. Uh, look, I... I think that, you know, you do have a, uh, you get the government you deserve, you know, and, yeah. and right now we're very complacent and we're just, all right, well, whatever. We're we know it's fucked. from cookies. We know, yeah, we know it's fucked up. We know it doesn't work. We know it's corrupt. We know that, by the way, there's gridlock. They're, they're playing chicken with the country every fucking month saying, well, we're going to default. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. You know, the stock market's going up and down and everything. It doesn't work. It's broken. And everyone goes, ah. And it's the least productive Congress we've ever had. It's yeah. the, they've passed the least amount of bills ever, and the bills they have passed are like fluff bills. So, <laughs> I don't know. criminals. I, I, yeah. Fucking I mean, vampires just sitting there sucking money out. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is how I like tax, 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 and what are they doing with it? They're just fighting their own little fucking battles in Washington. Uh, no lie. I think the answer, though, is for people like you and Shane to run. No, no. lie. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not kidding. No. no lie, because, no. like, why not though? No, the answer is the aliens. You ever see? Well, we, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think we had this discussion one time when one of our drunken ones, uh, as opposed to now, uh, when we said, you know, when you run, when, when like they, they, they get everything, anything you've ever done. Right. You want to talk about three thousand page tax code? My, my everything bad I've ever done would be thirty thousand pages of shit. That's why, like, you have to be like Mitt Romney, who never did anything, and I'm like, I don't want Mitt Romney. To, to, to run the country because right. he's done nothing wrong because nobody's done nothing wrong. Yeah. Everybody does bad shit every day. Like, yeah. you know, so you just haven't found having it. somebody, no, well, I don't know, maybe he kills kittens, I don't know, but, you know, generally, but he, to me, that's what's abnormal. What's yes. abnormal is never having done anything bad. And you're like, that's not human, dude. I think everyone's bullshit's going to be exposed one day. I think one day, yeah. I mean, I, it might be our kids, the generation that's growing up right now, might be the only kids that never get to have secrets. 
Whereas, like, wow. we've kept secrets for the longest time, and then secrets are exposed on the internet. And that's now, that's a very interesting. There's point. more transparency now than ever. I think there's going to be no secrets in but the future. I think there's a backlash against this no secret bullshit for sure. Because Facebook was like, no secrets, no secrets, because yes. Zuckerberg, you know, never had a girlfriend, so he's like, yeah, everybody wants to know everything. And then Evan comes along with Snapchat and goes, actually, I had girlfriends and many of them. So uh, yeah, <laughs> there is to only privacy uh, now. Yeah. And this so, next generation is exposed. They yeah. they have an inability to hide. But yeah. I think that's going to be it's gonna good. Change. Because yo, these politicians running. If you look at like their twitters and their following, they don't have nearly as many people as you. You can use social media. I bet you could run and win. Yeah, I don't want to run and win. I don't <laughs> want to run anything. I pay my taxes and hide. You got to do it for the sit force, from the dude. top, dude. I'm busy force. with other shit, son. <laughs> that's the thing. Have Everybody has their run. own path in life. <laughs> Everyone has their own path in life. Mine Rogan, is not Rogan to Nation, anybody. Rogan Nation, barely keeping it together myself. Puppet government. If I ever did win, and anybody ever did listen to me, would it be a sorry state of this world? A person who's acknowledged to be half retarded. But I think that Shane is right, man. We deserve the government we get. And I don't think, like, unless we get involved, I wish kids would get involved, you know? Well, it's also, I think, the entire culture is changing at a pretty rapid rate. Whether we realize it or not, I think the the internet over the last 20 years has changed us so much in such a vast degree from, you know, where we were as a culture then. I think we're still in the midst of this crazy wave that's washed over us, and we haven't let everything settle down yet. 100%. It's still going, too. I mean, this isn't going to... I think, ultimately, we're going to have to figure out a way to vote online. Mm. And when we figure out a way to vote online at least one group is going to set up a way to have a mirror vote that doesn't count but allows mm. people to know for a fact that it hasn't been fucked with. Mm. It's really easy to click on two sites. The internet's you know, because dope. like uh, have like vote and then you have like pledge to do the true vote as well. Mm. Mm. So everybody goes to truevote.com and they set up a, a thing there so they know this is not affiliated with the government, it's not affiliated with any corporations. It's just set up by a nonprofit to only collect votes. Then mm. you give everybody's IP a very specific amount of votes you find out what you know how many people are in the household verify it get everyone's socials get it all in a fucking database and then let's see if the vote's real let's see if the digital vote is real if it's been fucked with and you count it to true vote and that way you keep them honest you just have a few of these true votes things that are certified by whoever you know whoever Mm. and we we figure out a way to find out what the fuck people really want that will change everything Mm. that will fucking change everything that and someone coming along and figuring out an organized way to utilize people the same way corporations utilize their people right. they there's that money's coming from people mm. it's coming from people that work there that make sure the corporation continues to make money stockholders behind that the people who run it it's all people if you get a gang of people that believes that you shouldn't be shitting into the water wells of South Dakota north all these fucking places where they're Everywhere. fracking Everyone. if you get everybody to put their money behind that you're you're talking about corporation money yeah you get a bunch of people to put in five bucks you get yeah. a few million of those you got some real fucking money to play I, with I also think you have you know uh, as Eddie was saying you, you know this generation is completely different than any other generation I want to talk about Gen Y and they've come up with this the, the different and the, a healthy sort of disregard for the political system of for the media for the news for all these things they they get they inform themselves as you were saying in their own way 
And I think that they're going to work outside of the system a lot. And I think they're going to use the tools that they grew up with, which are these, you know, social media tools, these brand new tools, to do shit in a way that we can't even fucking imagine. And you already see it happening. Obviously, you see it happening in other places like Arab Spring and around the world and, and Southeast Asia and China. But, like, you know, when it hits here, it's, it's, it's going to be fucking revolutionary, I hope. Yeah, no, people are going to get to a point where they realize if they don't do it, nobody else is going to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Your parents definitely ain't doing that shit for you. And the internet... You don't know my parents, dog. <laughs> <laughs> my parents are locs. <laughs> no, the internet's amazing, but the internet is also this amazing tool to distract you from everything that you need to do and you need to read. Like, you have the ability to jerk off every five minutes if you want to, so... I don't, I don't have know. that ability. I don't know what you're taking. <laughs> I have to go. I know to, I need to get it, though. Every five minutes, son, you're, on a, you're a goddamn rabbit. Yo, I'm Chinese. We are rabbits. Look how is many people we made. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point, man. It's a very good point, actually. But the no, Chinese you, and the Indians should have a war. See who fucks the most. Yeah, we could throw a lot of milkshakes. Indians, Indians, I think, would. Indians win. Well, they yeah. have books on it, right? Yeah, they're well, really... so are the Chinese, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, the Indians, it's a more refined act for them. They have, they have mm. a method to their madness. Oh, Chinese just fucking. <laughs> we just fucking. We out there. Well, it's so crazy now. They're allowing Chinese people in China to have more than one baby if they came from single baby households, yeah. single child households, which is kind of interesting. Yep. Well, they have problems there because there's 50 million more men than women, so they it's just that not, is so, crazy. Yeah. There's yeah. also ghost towns they need to fill. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> also crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys cover something like that for Vice? Yeah, Shane did. Yeah. I was in China for a month this summer to write my second book. I was in Chengdu for about three weeks. I was in Shanghai for a week, and I was in Mongolia for a week. So I was just hanging out out there, seeing things. It's pretty crazy. What is that one town in China that's a replica of another town? There's like, a lot of them. There's Paris. Really? They have a replica of Paris. Nobody lives in Like Nobody it's, lives it's, there. Completely empty. Completely empty. Well, 3% uh, occupancy. occupancy yeah. Three? Yeah. That must be the weirdest they place have. The they world. have like a Scandinavia. They have a Paris... They have like a like an Italian themed one. Oh my god! They're fucking crazy. This is the Paris one. Yeah. Oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah. Where do these people get their food? That was one of the best episodes on Vice. Yeah. That's so fucking strange. Yeah. The thing is, China. The, Look at this! It's everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Paris. thing that interests me about that country, if you yeah. go now, though, is it's at that point in a civilization where. The people may be able to catch the Matrix. Like in America, there's Snowden, and he's great. And he's this blip on the radar. We had WikiLeaks. But as soon as there's one of those guys, the government and the Matrix, it adapts so much faster than the people. Mm. Like it can take care of that. It can sew up. I don't know problem. about that. The it's government happening. is actually offering him. There's, there's people in the NSA that are offering him immunity. If he uh, if he returns all the rest of his files, because apparently he's only released one percent of yeah. the files that he took from the NSA. Oh, are you saying the Chinese? Well, China's interesting to me. Like I know what you're saying. Like Snow- Snowden's. I love Snowden. Snowden should have won Time Person of the Year. Yeah, in I my agree. opinion, he should have fucking won Person of the Year. But China, what's interesting is there isn't this like stranglehold on the local government. The local government isn't as strong as it is in America mm-hmm. because the tentacles of government here are refined mm. like it really has a grip on us it sees everything mm. in china there's a lot of chaos mm. and people can do their own thing like when you go to a bank in china there are homies in there with just a bag of money and a calculator selling currency at a rate below the bank mm. and nobody goes and does business with the bank mm. so there's a lot of this like kind of wild wild west mm. economics going on out there i lived in a super eight motel that a girl rented like a floor of rooms out from the super eight decorated them like on some ace hotel shit 
and then rented them out to foreigners and made more money. And then there's an office building that's a converted Super 8 room right next to me. Like, there's just weird, kooky stuff going on. There's not as much regulation. And it's kind of cool to see because there is, they don't have the freedom of internet. They don't have that federal freedom like we have, but they do have this, like, local freedom that is very, very interesting for me to see. Do they have an intranet, like an inner Chinese net? Yeah, China's kind of strategy is, look, there's Apple everywhere. We're going to have our own bootleg Apple. We're going to have our own Weibo, like bootleg Twitter. We have our own telecom businesses. Their idea is we have this many people. If we just keep the money in the country, we're going to be fine. So that's what they do. They have all their own stuff. Is it as effective? Absolutely not. None of it runs as well. Do you, do you think you know how crazy that is that everything they do is a copy? That's so fucking strange. They're yeah. copying entire cities like down to the, the stains on the marble. Well, I tell, th- tell you, America creates things, China copies things, and then Japan turns them into stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> It is weird, though. Like, what is it psychologically that makes a culture be responsible for so much duplicates? Well, because that's how they, they, they made their money. That's right, their whole why? thing. Why? Why? What, what caused that? What was the initial trigger that but made them not, not have anything that they're creating themselves? That they're duplicating so many different things? You don't need to be creative there because it's a... It's, it stems from a peasant culture, a peasant revolution. People can't afford the real thing. So as a business person, all you have to do is create that product at the proper price point in this civilization. Mm. Yeah, because it's manufacturing. So basically, you would go over there, you would give them the, the IP or the technology or whatever and say, make this thing. And then they would make it, you know, nine to five. And then five to nine, they're making the number twos to send to sell to India or Southeast Asia or wherever else. So that's the, the, what the whole, you know, economy is based on. And then if you look at actually the interesting one is actually PCs because it was like HP, IBM, Dell, and they all manufactured them in China. And then all of a sudden Lenovo and Acer and all these companies became the big ones. And it's because the factories just took the technology from like a Dell, put it out six months before Dell, and then at, at like for 99 bucks. And so Dell couldn't compete with their own factory because they just took the, the shit and sold it for much cheaper. So they just took the design and recreated it and just didn't call it a Dell. Correct. It is kind of <laughs> smart, though. Yeah, it's, it's super smart. It's very smart. Sure, if you could just steal people's ideas, it's yeah, smart. It's totally, yeah. It's in a, I, I always feel this way. If, if people in China spent as much time trying to create something new as they do copying, it'd be probably in a better place. Because they even have like that's re- an interesting understatement. Restaurants recycle, re- restaurants recycle oil. You know, oh. there's just so many things they do to get around. Like, remember there was that fake lion in the zoo? They put the Tibetan dog in the zoo and called it a lion. Have you have you heard about? But have you heard the big that. the big story out of China now? The fake food story. What? Which one? So you know they 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 keep finding like eggs now that are totally synthetic eggs, and they have the the. The pork that they put under the thing and it's is fluorescent blue. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, and, and then they have the created wheat. Like basically, they have a food issue, so that they've come up with. And I'm like, well, hold on, eggs aren't fucking expensive. I mean, you get a chicken lays eggs. Like, isn't it more expensive to make a fake egg out of chemicals and make a fake eggshell and shit? Than, it takes than so much effort. It's effort like just get the chicken to have a fake egg. eggs. So why are they doing it then? Because there's not enough eggs. So there's not enough eggs, so they're making some sort of a synthetic egg out of what? Chemicals. 
What kind of here? Look it up online. Look up. Yeah, food look safety up fake in China. Chinese fake food. There's Chinese all kinds of stories egg. coming out now. Yeah, and if you just Google food safety in China, it's yeah. horrific. Yeah. It's fat. It's sad. I feel bad for the people. There's Another been... fake food scandal rocks China. Yeah. Wow. How to make a rotten egg? The <laughs> thing I would tell people though is when I read these stories, I'm like, don't judge the the people. Sure. They they're like. They're uninformed, and they kind of, in a lot of ways, don't even have a, a chance against this. Like, right. I hung out with the locals there, and they're like, look, we know we're eating fake. Right. We know we're eating recycled oil. We mm. know it's going to kill us, and it's bad for us. But, like, we have no choice. Mm. Like, their government, it's even harder to, like, affect on a fe- – I mean, you can't affect it on a federal level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Prepare a mold. They mix the right amount of resin, starch, coagulant, and pigments to make their eggs white. Uh, sodium alginate extracted from brown algae gives the egg white the wanted viscosity. Then they add fake egg yolk from a different mix of resin and pigments. Once the proper shape is achieved, an amalgamate of paraffin was gypsum powder and calcium carbonate makes for a credible shell. It sounds like it's like a $100,000 egg. This is fucking <laughs> insane. Yeah. This is fucking insane. I uh, can't believe There's all kinds of stories. Not do they have fake eggs. They have this crazy you should look up the the pork one. They have the fake wheat. And the wheat is, I believe, actually poisonous. Um, wow. Yeah. This it's is sad, bananas. Man. This yeah. and this is all just because they have not enough food. Yeah, and <clears throat> I think it's just a, you know, look, it's again to go back to the how beautiful human beings are. It's a way to make money. You know, you have a factory, you figure out the shit, you manufacture millions of these eggs out of paraffin calcimate, and and you sell them. Including cases of pork colored to be sold as beef, pork that glowed blue, recycled steam buns, and a tofu fermented with sewage. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my God. And this is just because there's just no way to sustain that kind of a population. Oh, there's there's the lion. From the zoo, right, that's right. dude. That's a real line. lion, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no lions. It's like Beethoven didn't get a haircut. So stupid. They called that a lion. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what a weird fucking country, man. And what do they do now? I mean, they're going to keep growing, and they're going to grow with more boys than they are girls. So if people are going to have kids, like, how the fuck are fifty million extra boys going to find brides? Yeah. Or boyfriends Vietnam. even. But if you if you look at China, if you look at China though, it's it's interesting because when when I go to China, I go to China a lot. I think this is what British people must have felt like when they came to America, because you would to, you would tool around America when you're from Britain. It's bigger. It's got more people. It's got all these factories where they're making tons of shit. And then you go back to England, and you're like, well, we got banking, and you know, you know, we don't we don't really build anything anymore. And you could just see it coming. And when you go to China, they're just making shit. They're making stuff, and they're selling stuff, and they're building shit, and jumping they're fucking off roofs. going crazy. But anyway, they're they're and they're they're whatever three times the size. So you sit there and you say. Yeah, eventually they're going to get there. They're going to win, and then we're going to be Great Britain sort of saying, hello. No, we're going to be going around going, well, now we do banking and services, and it'll be like England's a nice place and everything, but we're not going to be number one anymore. Yeah, but the military part of our number one is the craziest part, isn't it? I mean, as far as like... Well, their military is much bigger, but the the thing is, is we have the tech, but they're going to have the tech soon. Why? Because we sell it to them. Right. Of course we sell it to them. <laughs> yeah. There's also that thing going Jeez. on in the South China Seas, though. Like, 
that sure, New Japan prime minister, he yeah. wants to militarize. Like, that's scary, too. What's going on? Yeah, but Japan, that's just a bunch of posturing because Japan can't fuck with anybody. I mean, like, and they especially can't fuck with China. No one can fuck with China. Yeah, they, so the South China Sea, China was telling people, if you're going to fly through this zone in the South China Sea, this is our territory, you're going to notify us when we fly through. Japan was like, we don't concede that that's your territory, nor does Korea. And then America stepped in and, and was like, you know, we feel like there needs to be some sort of compromise on this. So it's, it's a disputed issue right now. I think Kerry just went over to Japan to talk to them about the issue. But, you know, have you been to China, Joe? No. It, honestly... It's pretty cool. You should definitely go. The people are amazing. The government is on some other shit. The government is on some... And the business people that run that country do not give a fuck about humanity. That's the problem. Isn't it a case, too? I mean, uh, I would assume, at least, that when you get that amount, that amount of people, that it's sort of like uh, big cities. How big cities, people are not as valuable to each other as they are in small towns. Small yeah. towns, people are a little bit kinder to each other because they're... You know, they're dealing with a one-on-one person on a regular basis. Whereas in big cities, you know, you, like, I always talk about Jim Norton lives in Manhattan, and he jokes around about how he lives in this big box filled with people, and he doesn't know anybody. Yeah. He has an apartment building he lives in, he doesn't know a single one of them. And it's like, it's, people aren't as valuable, they're not worth as much. I wonder if that's the case with a place like China. It's just like when you got a billion people, it's, they're not, it's not like a precious resource. It's like there's a burden. The class divide is also so crazy. So you don't come into contact with someone of the lower class. Like the person that you're dumping those goods on, you, you never meet that person. Like when I lived in Chengdu, there's less of that divide. The divide is still there. But you meet people from all walks of life, even though that city is becoming one of China's largest those people are in touch because some of them were very poor. They opened small stores, became lower, lower middle class in China, but they still remember what it was. If you go to Shanghai, it's like if you, if I bring up an argument about pollution or humanity or whatever, they're really just like, look, this place is going to be polluted. People are going to eat fake food. People are going to be sick, but there's nothing I can do, and I'm going to get paid as much as I can until I'm going to leave. And nobody wants to raise their kids there. Everybody knows the environment is not conducive to, like, raising kids. It's, it's not conducive to living. And it's getting worse in a lot of these places. Like, they're instructing pilots on how to land in low visibility. Well, Beijing, if you spend a lot of time in Beijing, you never see the sky. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yep. God damn, how bad is that for your lungs? Fairly. Oh, horrible. I mean, they do How do you feel seating. when you leave that? It's tough, man. You can tell. You can tell, and even the water when you take a shower, sometimes it leaves a like, little like grayness behind. Uh, it's bad. It's bad, man. I like people... how Eddie comes on the show and we just bash China for an hour. Well, I, well, we're not <laughs> even well I'm trying not to bash we're it. It's to like figure out what I kind of wish. Wrong with it. I, I I just hope to like. I mean, I don't know how to do it. I'm writing this book, and it's really hard to write the book because you want the best for these people, and the people want like the people know what they're being subjected to, but. Mm. I mean, they don't have the freedom to fly around and pick up and move somewhere else. Sure. I mean, they're kind of stuck where they are, and they're at the mercy of this government. This mm. new this new pro- chairman, I forget what it's called, president, chairman, whatever, he's coming in. He's doing a good job in terms of the corruption, and he's taking mm. down people at very high levels that were never exposed to mm. trial or inspection. So that's good, but you, you, you're just kind of skeptical as to, is this 
is this just for a show? Are mm. you just taking down a couple people who don't matter? Or are you really going to go after this and turn this country around? So who knows? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I love the country and I love the people. It's just, yeah, if, it's you go to any, if you go to any country, people are nice. Yeah. Like people are, are like you go, go to someone's house and they say, stay at my house and you eat some lamb and you fucking have a beer and they're all fine. But they could be at war. You go to Afghani, Af, you know, Afghani houses. They're super nice to you. I was in Dagestan. Everybody's super nice to you. They want to kill you, you know, uh, philosophically or like your your country. Like Dagestan is basically a terrorist university, right? Because they've been trying to separate from Russia for so long. You know, there's this war in Chechnya. Everybody came over to Dagestan. So you have this small little country that's continually at war with the Russians, and the Russians are, like, sending the special forces, the Spetsnaz down, you know, and, and the Spetsnaz guys just kidnap people and cut off their heads. And so the because of this happening, like, the, the young men go into the forest, quote-unquote, which is to join the insurgency. And there's so many of them that now it, they're surfacing in Syria and Afghanistan. Here in America, the Boston bombers went, uh, the older one, Tamerlan, went to uh, Dagestan six, for six months before uh, the bombing. And... Um, uh, Russia, obviously, in, in in Denmark and Czech Republic, all these Dagestani terrorists are are, are sort of coming out, and it, and you know it's because you know they're they're fighting for for global jihad, for global Sharia, uh, and and they 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 it's like a one way ticket. They go and they literally go into the force and learn from the best terrorists how to be the best terrorists in the in the world, and then they go around the world and and, and commit their their crimes. Um, but when I was there, so so these people are are theoretically. A, like they hate me, you know, because I'm there with a camera going, where did the Boston bomber go? And, you know, and so and so you think they would hate me, but they're like, come in, you know, fucking have lamb. Uh, our son was kidnapped. You know, my daughter became a black widow. We want to tell you the story. Have some tea, you know, sit down. We want to tell you, we want to tell you, we want to tell you. But meanwhile, the whole place is basically sort of on this, you know, civil war that's sort of bubbling. And because of that, you know, it's just like, all the young men are just learning how to fuck shit up and how to kill people, et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything to it besides just terror? Like, when you meet these people, like, I mean, I've, I've never met one. I'm just curious, like, through your eyes, what it's like. Are they just, like, one layer? It's incredibly simple. It's incredibly simple. We just did a thing called Children of the Drones. It's fucking fascinating. If I do say so myself, but uh, I don't know. If, well, I'm not supposed to be telling these. We haven't aired them yet. But there's two things. One was me in Dagestan. The other was Children of the Drones. What happens is you have a brother or a cousin or whatever your best friend, whatever it is. He just disappears. One day he's just gone, and because of the insurgency, the special forces can do whatever the fuck they want. And so they just, oh, you don't look right, or you went to the, this mosque, or you have a beard, or I just don't like you, whatever the fuck it is. And they kidnap you, right? And they kill you generally, or torture you, or whatever, you just disappear. So imagine when you're 19, and you're a hothead, and you're, you know, fucking want to fuck shit up, whatever, and your best friend, or your brother, or your dad, or whatever, gets kidnapped. What the fuck are you going to do? You're going to say, I'm going to fucking fuck shit up. And then there's a whole bunch of guys who are waiting for you in the forest, where you go in there and they say, here's a gun, and I'm going to train you how to build bombs, and you're going to go fucking blow the motherfuckers up who killed your dad. And it's just, it's very simple. Like, everyone talks about ideology or it's this or it's, you know, global Sharia or all this stuff. The fact of the matter is they just killed your dad, so you can then, I'm, I'm going to fuck you up. And, and especially in these countries where that's 
part of the culture. Like if you blood on, you know, blood for blood. Same thing with children of the drones. You know, we 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 became enamored with drones because there's our boys don't get killed, and you know we just send them in and they fucking there's you know no collateral damage and all this stuff surgical, and of course it's bullshit, and you know there's lots of collateral damage, and these people know that computers are basically killing their brothers and their sisters and their dad and their mom. So we went to Pakistan and we're like, why, why, what the fuck, you know, why is everybody joining the Taliban? There's more Taliban in Pakistan than there is in fucking Afghanistan. And, you know, the, the, the drones go, they kill somebody's family, and then the Taliban says, see, these fucking motherfuckers are killing us by remote control. And this one woman who runs a school to de-radicalize Taliban dudes is like, for every drone attack you have a hundred new recruits to the Taliban. And of those hundred new recruits, they will be suicide bombers who will go to America, who will go to American troops and will fucking blow themselves up. Every fucking drone attack. And it's very simple. You killed my dad. I'm now going to kill you. So this imbalance in terms of warfare, there's a yin and a yang to life. And this imbalance is causing this, this massive buildup that one day is going to slap us in the face. Yeah, we are training right now in Dagestan and in Pakistan 100 Al-Qaeda's. And, and, and the irony is we went into Afghanistan 11 years ago to, 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 to take away the bases, you know, to, to, to get Al-Qaeda, to get Taliban out because they were giving uh, uh, sanctuary to Al-Qaeda. And now, because of the process that we're doing, we're making 100 more Al-Qaeda's. It, and, and the sort of whole cyclical thing is staggering. It's fucking bananas, man. That's such a crazy statistic. If you really think about the possibility that that's true, 100 for every drone attack. And there's a lot of goddamn drone attacks. Mm -hmm. And the number of people that are killed that are civilians is pretty high. Yeah. This, this may sound stupid, Shane, but I'm just curious. Is this, for these people, like, it's purely just hate and revenge? Like, if they somehow came to power, let's say, like, what is the objective? Is the, is the objective just to make other people feel the pain that they felt from these drone attacks or i mean well there's there's I'm not there's, trying to give like there's, credibility there, no to there's them. ideological stuff and there's and there's there's philosophy obviously but the majority of it is young men by and large and now in Dagestan more and more women whose families husbands wives i know if you fucking kidnapped my wife and killed her i'd go ape shit if you kidnapped my kids if if a computer fucking model airplane killed my children i would blow the fucking shit up i would go fucking ape shit so it's not unnatural for them to do that to say i'm and especially if you're young and you don't have a future and you know a lot of them are illiterate and are told by their mullahs you know what you're gonna go to heaven if you blow yourself up you're like this is a good thing if you go attack these guys and so it's not like they're gonna get in trouble it's not like they're gonna go to jail or any of this shit because they're gonna die and then they're gonna go to heaven so there's all that stuff wrapped up into it too. What happens when civilians are killed? When, when and, and sorry, and sorry. One other thing is, if you had a bunch of Taliban invade America, you know, with long beards and 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 sort of turbans, how many Americans would fight to the death to get those guys out? I mean, we've seen it. All we would need is Texas. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying. So you have that. So armed. You have that. <laughs> And everyone would fight to the death, and and so you're like, well, that's what we're they're doing there. Like we are, we are in like we invade them and then occupy their country. So they're just saying, I'm going to kill you just for that. Let alone go to heaven. Let alone the fact you killed my brother. Yeah. Wow. And there's no. I mean, how do you argue against that? 
if if you killed a bunch of people that actually are innocents, what I was going to say is, what's the process when innocents are killed by drones? Is there apologies? Do they get paid? No, is- no. And, and and the other thing that's interesting about that is, so we we interview the drone pilots and they're like crying and I killed people and I, it fucked me up and and then you, we interview the kids and they're crying and everyone's crying. And so you're, you, you know, it's, and, and then, but then we interview Taliban, kids who, jo- who joined the Taliban, and they're like, you know, there has to be recompense. You can't just fucking kill us all the fucking time. And so they join the Taliban, and they're just, they will fuck up anything with an American flag. And it's, and look. I, mean, the, I understand, I understand it, though. Yeah. It's like, even if you paid and there's recompense, like, hey, I killed your mom, but I built you a house. Like, who the yeah. fuck's going to live in it? Right. Like, I don't think there's anything you can do. Like, the drone strikes is just... Yeah, well, unconscionable. You, they're totally unconscionable. But once there has been casualties and those casualties are ignored, that almost seems like a strategy to try to fuel the enemy. I mean, it really almost seems <laughs> might, so short-sighted. Know. <laughs> you know, we could chalk it off to incompetence, which is most likely that. Mm. But if you can't look at the consequences of that incompetence and see that this is going to cause a bunch of people well, to be... Well, it's cheap. Vengeful. You don't have to train the pilot. You don't have to have a big jet. It's just a, it's a cheap little drone that has missiles or a machine gun or whatever. And it's what we see is in common with everything we've talked about, global warming, fake food. Everybody just wants to pass the bill to the next generation and the mm. next generation because they figure, well, I don't have to deal with these people right now. Yeah, well, and also what they don't realize is, well, fuck it, it's in Pakistan. They can't come get me here. And as we've learned from al-Qaeda, they fucking can, they can. and they will. Oh. Jesus fucking Christ! Are there answers, Shane? <laughs> well, that's. But I, 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 I look. It, the first thing is to know what the problems are, and then once we. This is why global warming and everything. At somebody, and even by the way, even if global warming isn't true, which it is, but even if it isn't, and I and I say this to the, the climate change deniers all the time. I'm like, even if it's a five fucking percent chance that this is all gonna gonna you know fucking fuck up, and we're all gonna die. Don't you want to hedge your bets rather than saying this for sure is not happening? Even if there's a 1% chance, don't you want to fucking hedge your bets just as a smart fucking person? Anyway, but first of all, you have to say, what is the problem? And by the way, as humans, we don't want to say what is the problem. We have to say what is the problem, and then you can say let's fix it. For example, and I don't know if I've told this story and you can stop me if I have, but one of the most interesting things I did recently is I went to the Zeitgeist uh, conference, which is the Google conference, and and they had this kid there who's like 18 years old, and he built the first reactor in his garage when he was like 13. And he came up with this way of finding uh, like radioactive, like it's like a Geiger counter, but they, they do it with like uh, water is the basis. So that, that so it's so big that they can do like ports. Like so, in, if they were you know tankers with uh, illegal radioactive material, they could f- figure out uh, in these ports. This kid came up with it when he was 16. His new technology uh, that he was pitching, and by the way, my jaw was dropping, is to take all the spent uh, radioactive fuel, you know, the shit that we can't dispose of, it's got 50,000 year shelf life, we can only guarantee its safety for 100 years. All the spent fuel from all our reactors, he's got this technology that, that he can theoretically, and I don't know, you know, I haven't verified this because I'm not a nuclear physicist, but uh, he can take that spent fuel, power his, his fail-safe reactors that cannot whatever be bad down to where they have no uh radiation left in them because because the the fuel rods we actually only use like 90 uh, sorry seven uh, percent so there's 93 percent you know left in them when we when we put them away and that he, so he can take them down to when they're benign and and fuel the world for the next twenty thousand years and i'm wow. like and i wow. by the way i believed it but even if it's bullshit like 
that's the technology we should be going for. That's the kind of shit that we should be saying, yes, please, let's take all the fucking bad, evil shit that we buried in the ground that we can't even take that up, power these reactors, and, and, and have 20,000 years of fucking energy. Yeah, that, e- and even if mu- he doesn't have it, we should pursue that exactly. idea. Exactly. How much science has been done? I mean, have you, have you read any of the the work that's been done to try to well so this he's he's like he's like the 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 sort of boy phenom of 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 physics he's backed by the like you know uh bill gates and and you know buffett and uh the google the google guys i mean he's sort of like a vetted kid he's a famous you know brain about this stuff i'm pretty sure that they're not going to just say come spew bullshit to a bunch of fucking you know old people but again i i i have not verified it but this is his theory someone should look him up online or figure it out or whatever but when i heard that i'm like again even if it isn't true that's the type of shit that we should be going for because once we realize that if global warming is true which it is if we have to cut carbon emissions by 80 percent which we can't then you need to have this technology which says okay all of the fuel is there we don't have to no one has to pay for energy anymore because twenty thousand years of of fuel is in these spent reactors that we don't have to pay for so yeah but that shit's gonna get moved around on trucks that are gonna be driven by guys on meth and they're gonna fucking (laughs) go off the road but that's what the gas companies are gonna say because they're gonna want us to take like 50 to 100 years to institute the technology yo the gas companies are gonna hire drivers to be on meth (laughs) and make sure they crash they're gonna give these dudes meth yes so they crash hold on a second I'm trying to get away from your doom and gloom shit and say yes Joe you're right we can fucking be better we can be better but it's not this way traveling around with fucking truck loads of nuclear waste whoa well, bring the machine to the waste yeah, exactly. oh it's not happening this is a mess this is a goddamn mess they're gonna God, drive nuclear waste through the middle of america they're gonna have trucks full of death just <laughs> hurling through your town at 40 miles an hour well they already a by the way by the way man. they already do i mean we've oh, been yeah. doing it for 50 fucking years a red-eyed skinny man whose hair is mm. falling out like fucking fall leaves because he's right. just radiated to fuck oh now he's radiated no, and him. on meth <laughs> <laughs> just fucking gunning it through main street ignoring lights oh. like a stephen king movie just see red-eyed. why would you want to bring kids into that red-eyed oh, skinny yeah. and with the fucking hammer to the floor you know someone's you know someone's you know someone's writing this all down right now it's Look gonna this. be a movie in six months i hope it is oh, i like movies yeah, this truck one. carrying extremely dangerous radioactive mm-hmm. material found after mm-hmm. it was stolen in mexico yeah. um hey yeah. <laughs> don't they have like at least one guard if you got the have a fucking couple of dudes with machine guns when you're carrying around nuclear waste in the back of a truck going to Mexico. Jesus Christ. There was a famous story of a bunch of guys in Brazil uh broke into a hospital to steal shit and they stole like a safe for scrap metal and the safe was uh where they kept the cesium which is you know what the it's it, it's radioactive material that they use for treating tumors and stuff. And they had a high speed chase through the town, and uh, they had sort of cracked open the safe. There was and all the cesium was sort of this white powder was sort of falling out around the town as the the cops were chasing them. And they had to take the whole town brick by brick and bury it under fucking concrete and lead because it radiated the whole fucking thing. And this is just from a hospital. What? Yeah. They had to take the whole town apart? And bury it under, under like, lead and, and, and concrete. 
How long did so, that so, take? So, so look, my, my whole thing is I'm terrified. I'm terrified of that shit. But I'm like, and I don't believe we know what we're doing with the technology. I'm terrified of it all. I'm, t- I'm terrified of proliferation. However, if you can take all those spent fucking fuel rods and power the world, then at least shouldn't we give that a fucking shot? Yes, if we can really do that. Uh, I'm just joking around, obviously, about the you know gas the companies meth. fueling people up the with meth. meth. But if they can, you know, I mean, I guarantee you, it's going to be just like trying to get medical marijuana legal. The yeah. pharmaceutical companies are going to lobby against it because they know Correct. they're going to lose money. So the Correct. gas company is going to lobby against Correct. this because they know it's going to cost Correct. them money. Correct. And they'll they'll play dirty because you're dealing with billions. But of when dollars. President Rogan is there, he's going to make it happen. President Rogan, please, people will have to be immortal, I'm and I'm going to have to do it remotely from Mars. Uh. That's that's when President Ro- Rogan runs everything from the internet from Mars. Uh. It's fucking Earth will be a wasteland by then. Everyone will be gone. Mars would be like the gated community of space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all fucking terraformed with fake fake plants growing everywhere. Everyone eating fake Chinese eggs. That, that'll be the day when people say the hills and they're talking about Mars. That's it. Is it the hills a subject anymore? Who's talking about the hills? Someone's no, talking to me like about the hills. The I hills. fucking plug my ears and I walk away. Well, I've been in LA for three weeks now, and people are like, "There's a party in the hills. We're going to the hills." Oh, We're going to the I hills. see. We're I don't. I thought you meant the show. Oh there was no, there's a show called The Hills, right? Yeah. Wasn't I've that the one with uh, the fucking the girl who got all the plastic surgery? Yeah. Yeah. Thank know. you. You meant the Hollywood Hills? Yeah. Dude, the Hollywood Hills are terrible, but what they're amazing for is that fucking view at night. Mm. It's not like anywhere else in the world. If you get high above Doheny, I had a buddy who used to have a house on Doheny. It's incredible. That view is like Blade Runner because you see the grid, the the light grid at night. It looks like shit during the day. It looks like dog shit because you just see gray buildings and and fucking smog. But at nighttime, it looks like a science fiction movie. It's it's incredibly beautiful, like way more beautiful than the neon lights of Vegas because it's it's oddly symmetrical. It's really fascinating because they're right above it. It's like the perfect height above it for this Mm. amazing light show. I got I got to see that. Yeah, it's it's dope. It's a great place to live, mm. but as far as like, you know, places that you would want to actually live other than that for that view, it's fucking Hollywood Hills. It's fairly douchey. It's not just douchey, it's dangerous. I know two people that have been home invaded up there. Fuck off. Oh yeah, man, there's a, a whole scam with people watching your house. You don't, you know, people park cars and case really? houses. Sure. Well, there was a guy that was selling a house up there. It's a fascinating story. And uh, for a very brief time, I thought about living up there. Mm. I was like, man, it'd be nice if I was closer to the comedy store. I could just mm. get down the comedy mm. store in 10 minutes. I mean, that'd be kind of nice. Um, so I was just a fucking, just not a committed thought at all. Just a, hmm, that's the view. That's how spectacular that looks. Look at that shit up there. Mm. That's really what it looked like from my boy's house. It was that's incredible. His was even better than that. His was a little lower. He's like on the edge of what we're looking. You're looking down at some houses and then that. He was at the edge. So all he saw was the grid. And it was just magnificent. So anyway, this guy had this pretty nice house up there. And he had a really pretty view like that. And uh, I was thinking about it. But I was like, man, I just don't like that this house is so showy. Mm. And it's just like right on the street. Like anyone could just walk. I mean, it's literally you could throw a person from the sidewalk mm. and slam through the window. Right. You could pick someone up and use them as a rock to hurl through this guy's window. Mm. I was like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. And he's like, well, it's got a, vi- a state-of-the-art security system. Mm. I go, the- I go, what, these cameras? And you know what that is? I go, you're going to get a, f- a video of a dude with a ski mask robbing you. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I said to him. Two weeks later, he was dead. Mm-mm. He was no. shot in the neck in a home invasion in that very house. Wow. 
Yeah, he used to like hookers, this guy. Oh, he was wow. crazy. <laughs> we used to call him Wild Man. Mm. I had a buddy who uh, worked at a strip club, mm. and uh, this dude used to come in, and he apparently invented, like, bell bottoms or something nutty like that. Wow. Like, he, he invented something and made a fuckload of money. Don't was, do alcohols if you live in a glass house. Yeah, and he was getting uh, emphysema because of his, um, what are you doing, dude? It's just showing stuff like you're talking about. Oh, okay. It's a movie that does the same thing. Um, he was, um... He was getting emphysema from cigarettes, and so mm. he decided to quit the cigarettes. And his doctor told him, look, if you have to smoke, smoke marijuana. At least it's not going to kill you. So this dude starts smoking marijuana and decides he doesn't want to work anymore. Decides all he wants to do from now on, he wants to play his guitar, and then he wants to get prostitutes. <laughs> so he's got a lot of money, and he thinks he's almost dead, right, because he had emphysema. So he goes to strip clubs and starts paying girls to have sex with him. Like, mm. in- incredible money, like $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. What do I got to pay you? It's crazy gravelly cigarette voice. Mm. And apparently he was really rude to these girls. And one of them <clears throat> came over to his house and brought a guy. Mm. And they, they, the guy came in and robbed him and shot him in the neck. Mm. And this was the, the very house that I was telling him, you're going to get robbed by a dude with a ski mask. And they're going to get a nice video of that. And no this one's ever like, going to catch this that is guy. like the, the heaviest uh, podcast ever. Well, it was, he was a weird guy, man, this, this guy, Wild Man. Because when you hear like, the mean shit that he would say to the girls or even about the girls, it, what, it didn't make you sympathetic to him. But, you know, on another hand, like a guy shouldn't get shot in the neck in his house. Sure. I, I don't know. I don't know what the circumstances were. I don't know if he had a comment. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> but I do know that the the Hollywood Hills gets broken into a lot. I had another friend who lived up there who uh, caught a guy trying to break into his house in the middle of the night. Oh, good. There's um, there's a lot of that. A lot of that up there. It's a tricky mm. spot. It's a tricky spot because it's uh, it's so affluent. And so accessible. Mm. You know, you're, you drive three minutes, you're on sunset, you go left, you go right, you go down, you go up, you're gone. You know, so someone could, like, sneak in from a bad neighborhood, slip up there. It's not like Beverly Hills where they have, like, constant drives where the cops are co- mm. constantly cruising the neighborhood, making sure there's no suspicious people and all that. The Hollywood Hills, everybody's driving up there and wandering around. So it gets, uh, it gets sketch. Ice T got held up up there. Ice T used to have a house in the Hollywood Hills. He got home invaded. He got uh, held up gun. It's it's pretty common. I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, well, it's a lot of money. Whenever you have a lot of money, I mean, you see some of those houses up there. They're fucking beautiful, beautiful houses. And you know, you look at a house like that. Okay, that house is worth seven million dollars. So this motherfucker in this house got seven million dollars. Mm. Well, he's got some other shit in there too. Yeah. So you wait until someone's closing their garage, and then you run out of the bushes, and boom, you're in the garage. And you can't get up there fast. Cops can't get up there fast. No. You can't see it. You're covered. How are you gonna call the cops too? You don't get cell phone signal in your fucking house. That's why Eddie is uh, is staying at the Motel Eights. That's super, a good move. Super, super, eight. Eight, super, <laughs> eight. super eight's all done up. Super eight. I'm just hanging out with the people that robbed them. That's it. Well, the t- you know, as the, the economy gets, there's a further and further gap between people with money and That's people true. without true, money. True, true, true. It, became more, it becomes more and more dangerous to flaunt it like that, especially mm. in the middle of a city. True. Like, that's why I, I always freaked out about Hancock Park. You know, Hancock Park has sure. these insanely beautiful homes. Houses, yeah. The insanely beautiful, like, old world, old Hollywood houses. These giant mansions. Like, 
a friend of mine went over this guy's house and she said that he has like a theater in his house, like a full theater with velvet curtains and mm. incredible gold guild work. And the house is built in the 20s, like some fucking Cary Grant guy mm. built it. And he said, it's amazing. Mm. And it's fucking five blocks from East LA, right. five blocks from a store where all the signs are in Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you know, you're living in this crazy, stupid mansion mm-hmm. that's so close to like abject poverty. Well, that's I was what you get speaking... for stunting on people. That's exactly <laughs> what you get. It's but, dangerous. But speaking about Florida, yeah, I always think <laughs> that best. when I, I always think that when I go to Miami, right? Because you go on one side of the, uh, and it's like baby blue Bentleys and and like these crazy like penthouse like twenty million dollar places, and literally on the other side is like El Salvadorian, Guatemalan sort of like you know ninety nine cent pupusas kind of thing, and you're like. Why don't these dudes from this side of the street, who, by the way, have grown up in El Salvador, and they're not sort of any stranger to hard times, walk across and just take the guy's fucking car? Why wouldn't you do that? Well, because they're honorable people, and they're happy they're not in El Salvador. They don't want to get arrested in America, so they get kicked I guess, out. I would do it. If Jeez, I was broken, man, starving, I would go across. And they're I here would... to make their own dreams come true, not to steal the dreams of another man. If I was poor and starving, I would, and some guy's driving a car worth 250 grand, I would take it. Right, See, but I are they poor and it... starving, or are they just poor? I would be I would I would be starving. Yeah, you'd have I'm, to be starving. Yeah. A lot most people are just poor. Right, right. The poor I, and starving number's pretty small, I think. Right. I wouldn't take it, but I would definitely take a shit on your hood. How dare you? Cuz I I just want to fuck your shit up, but I don't want to steal. Why it? be a hater like that? Why shit on a man's man. hood? The guy works so hard <laughs> to get a nice car and he decides to keep it in the neighborhood. And what do you do? You shit on his hood like a big hater. Him in that car brings me no enjoyment, but my shit on that hood is brings me oh, lots of enjoyment. Oh, well, that's because you got a hater mentality. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hater. He should give you enjoyment because he should give you hope. You should look at that and say, look, this asshole can make that money. What's, why is he better than me? He's not. So this is inspiration. Use it for fuel. Go out and get your own car. Oh, no. I you would shit be inspired, on his, but I would shit still on his shit car. on his car. All you're going to think about is, man, I hope I don't have a car like this or some asshole like me is going to come along and shit on it. No, I would be like, I can't wait till the day there's some asshole like me that shits on my car when I have no, it. Because when you have that car, you're no. like, I'm glad you're mad. That's bullshit. I'm so glad you're mad enough you're to shit on my You're not glad hood. enough that someone steps on your hood, dents your fucking hood in and shits on it. <laughs> that is just rude disrespect for property, and you can't sell that. Well, anytime I go can't buy a car. sell that in America. <laughs> when, when I buy a car now, I'm just gonna expect that someone one day will shit on this hood. They're like, they, I listen to Joe Rogan. I'm gonna go find his car and shit on his. Oh, hood. that is so rude. And I'll be like, I can't I made even it. believe you put that out there because it. it's gonna come back and it's gonna land right in your fucking dashboard. <laughs> Someone's gonna take Someone's your windshield. Someone's gonna make out. a music video now about shitting on people. They're gonna guys. punch a hole straight <laughs> through your dashboard, just through your windshield, so they can shit directly <laughs> onto your dashboard. How dare you? How the, dare you even think like the that? The upper deck or sunroof shit? Mm. That's the, even the more pro move. Yeah, it, well, really, if you want to shit in your own hand, then smear it in that upper <laughs> part where you can never clean it out. That's what I'm yeah. saying. If you want to really fuck up a guy's car. But why would you do that, man? Because hater of the bad energy. The that's bad energy. You do, you're doing well. You don't need to do this. You're a successful man. True. You can't be hating on some dude with a Bentley. That's just ridiculous. It's a shitty car. It's going to break down on him anyway. <laughs> going to leave him on the side of the highway. I got a friend who has a Rolls Royce. It breaks. It breaks. It breaks all the time. Things go wrong. AC gets stuck on. This fucking thing goes wrong. Radio doesn't work. This speaker's out. It's a fucking Rolls Royce. That doesn't it, make sense. It's a good <laughs> look, though. I always, break. You can buy, like, you know, on Lincoln, you can buy these sort of old, like, sh- you know, shit brown 70s rollers for, like, 
five grand. And every time I go to Vegas, I'm like, I'm going to come back with a brick or two and just buy a shit brown roller and get like a punk kid with a safety pin through his neck or, you know, MS-13 kid to just drive me around town. Sort of roll, <laughs> roll up to the bars in my shit brown 77 Rolls Royce and be like, I, am I late for the party? And, you know, just have this kid, you know, with facial tattoos be my driver. That's not a bad move. It's make people uncomfortable. I wouldn't a, shit on that hood if that kid was driving. You would let that slide? <laughs> yeah, I would just be like, live. Well, you wouldn't shit on the hood of a 77-year-old car, or a no, 1977 no, car anyway. No, that car, I would respect that whip. I, I know a dude, uh, Cliffy B from Epic Games, who was telling us that he had a uh, Lamborghini Aventador. It's like $400-plus-thousand-dollars. Oh, it broke. <laughs> Hand, door handle broke. He had to climb in from his girlfriend's side. <laughs> or she had to climb over and open up his door. Just stop. Yeah, no, if I spent that much money on a car, it needs to, like, make my dick bigger and fix all my problems in life. Well, it's a, it's a goddamn spaceship, the, that, that Lamborghini, but it's, it's just so ridiculous that you can't make it not break. Mm. The fuck, man? Jesus Christ. You're getting angry over there. I'm a little mad. I'm a little mad they can't get it together. Expensive cars should not break. They do, though. Those are the ones that sure break. Yeah, yeah. You know what doesn't break? Honda Accords. Yeah, fuck Those yeah. motherfuckers are bulletproof. Because if they break, then they do a recall. Yeah, get recall. yourself a Subaru and drive through the snow. You'll never get stuck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Look at that. There's a Lamborghini Aventador. Right. I mean, that might as well be a goddamn spaceship. Yeah. Is that a Murcielago? No, it's a Aventador broken down in London. Oh, it's broken down. Ha ha. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, they break, man. They're not really designed to be used. They're just yeah. cool. They're just a massive feat of engineering and twisted steel. All quartered together with fucking screws, and they just stomp on that explosion box they call an engine and hope it all stays together as it rattles apart. <laughs> Plus, it's built by guineas. Don't trust my people. My people are not to be trusted with, with very, like, fine technical things. Mm. I mean, Ferrari, the only reason why they keep it together is their rich heritage in racing and their ego in winning racing. Because if you take all that out of the loop, they're a bunch of guineas, too. A bunch of guineas building cars. You really trust them? They're going to stare at some chick's ass walking by and forget a screw, and your fucking wheel's going to go flying off when you're on turn three. I mean, you guys are the only people that originally borrowed technology from Chinese people. Oh, there you <laughs> this is one where a guy gets hit by a car. If you back that up, you can see it. You didn't see it in this video. Look at this. Boom! Oh, that guy turns wow. right into him like a spastic. The dude does it right away, too. And boom! Oh. And that's a $488,000 car. Yeah, it's snapped in half. Apparently, the cars are designed to break away like that in the event of a what serious kind of collision. That's an Aventador. Oh, that's the carbon wow. fiber one. Yeah, a Lamborghini Aventador. Wow. They're, they're made by guineas. They take long breaks in the middle of the day. They take naps. They drink wine at work. Those people are fucking savages. Mm, All they're thinking about good. is putting that car together and making enough money so they could just fuck for six months. Great track suits, though. Yeah, they make good track suits. They, wear, they wear them well. No, Asics. <laughs> the track suits still fly in New York. LA has not embraced the track suit. Never did. If you like show up and you're hanging around in a track suit, they assume you're either Armenian or you're from New York. <laughs> Armenians can rock a track suit in, in LA. They're great, man. I don't fuck with buttons or zippers anymore. I gave Smart. Up. I, I, I should have been on that a long time ago. Yep. Because I'm not scared of a fanny pack. Nope. And a fanny pack with a tracksuit is an excellent combination. I'd rather just be fat and wear elastic bands and look awesome and purple. How about even if you're skinny? It's still comfortable. I'm just going to wear pajamas. 
Dude, yeah, fuck no, yeah. I am. I'm just wearing like weather resistant pajamas. That's the best. Ronnie Dangerfield back in, back in the Dizzy um, used to go on stage. Ronnie would uh, wear a bathrobe, nothing mm. on underneath, like and it. with slippers, and just Legend. walk on stage. I like it. And it was because, you know, it prevented, I think it prevented. Uh, you know anybody from taking him seriously mm. because he's not out there with a suit on. I mean, right. right away you're like you're laughing. You're like, look at Rodney. He mm. open shirt, so you know it was obvious there was nothing on underneath there, mm. wearing slippers. But it was also he was so loose because he came out there with a bathrobe on that he was just giving no fucks. Powerful, he's out there, powerful Rodney Dangerfield. Powerful Rodney Dangerfield. Just and he that was an original move. I never heard anybody <laughs> doing that before him. And he did it later in his career. So it was most likely born out of one day he was backstage in his bathrobe. And they said, Rodney, you're on. And he's like, okay, I'm on. So he just <laughs> fucking put it. There he is. That's the how man. he used to walk. And his, his package was always hanging out. Wow. Apparently he had a monster hog, too. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> Meat peeping no, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, the, wasn't it, uh, what was it, Red Skelton or something? Who was the guy who had the famous? Uh, Milton Berle. Oh, Milton Berle. No. Milton Berle, famous for his giant hog and his love of stolen jokes. He's oh. a famous joke thief with a giant hog. Oh. That was the word back in the day. But I think joke thief was a different sort of thing back then. I think they all had like gags and they used them, inter they interchanged them. Like a guy would work the cat skills, then another guy would work. They would do like a lot of the same material. Mm. There was nobody writing anything down back then. There was no blogs right. where people could shit on you for doing that. There was also... If you steal someone's joke now, is it a big deal? Yeah, if you get caught stealing someone's joke now, you're fucked. Really? Yeah, this is a... By who? By the internet. The internet will find out, wow. and they'll expose it, and I think people won't take you seriously. What about your man Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Were, were we talking about that on the podcast, or was it before the no, podcast? No, before. Before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, apparently he um, made a short film, and it's an, almost an entire verbatim ripoff, including the imagery, of some uh, old comic book. Really? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, Joe was telling me about it. Sounded. Yeah. I was like, "Damn!" And yeah. He got caught. Yeah, he got caught. And, and what are you saying? I don't know. I mean, he he's pulling it down, and um, I, I don't know if he's actually made a uh, public. I'm sure if I just Google Shia, I, I forgive it. I loved him in Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's uh, plagiarism. Plagiar. Yep, that's it. That is my favorite thing to do in LA, though. People try to like stun on you at parties about their new projects. Like, oh, I have a project with so and so, and I'll just pick their worst movie and be like, I loved him in Transformers, or I loved him in Van Wilder. Like, that's my favorite thing to do. Someone was telling me about what Ryan do they Reynolds. do? They'll they'll just be like, oh, I got this guy, and I'm doing this new movie with him. And you're gonna see him in a whole new light. And I was like, you know what? I'd love to see Ryan Reynolds in Van Wilder too. That's wow. Okay. Him. In a series of tweets, he admitted on Tuesday that he fucked up in quotes by failing to acknowledge that the short film. He passed off as an original work was actually inspired by, if not an entire ripoff, of a graphic novella written by artist Daniel Close. Oh, wow. By way of apology, LaBeouf, is that what you say it? LaBeouf? Yeah, that's what he deserves, LaBeouf. Tweeted <laughs> in that his excitement and naivete as an amateur filmmaker, he got lost in the creative process and neglected to follow proper accreditation. Wow. That's not, that's nonsense. I want Alec Baldwin to release a statement about this. <laughs> Naivete and excitement may well have played their part in this fairly brazen breach of etiquette, but considering LeBou's previous run-ins with plagiarism, oh my God, he did something else. What is it? What did this guy do before? What was he accused of before? But stealing dying clouds, you're going to get caught. I mean, he's a famous dude. Yeah, well, he's this guy's not that smart. Mm. <laughs> Actors think they're way smarter than they are. 
they get really confused because everybody listens to them on the set, and that's how they judge like their their like their ecosystem. Like, oh, well, obviously, I'm a fucking big deal, <laughs> you know. Like, but no, you're on just big deal on a set, and people are delusional, and they they well, you're delusional because people are they're not Paid being honest say, with you're you. You're awesome. And then you go to a red carpet thing, and they're not, you know, you're doing Transformers. Everybody's throwing fucking softballs at you, so you're you're, <laughs> you're, you're super confused as to where you are in the world. So you think, oh, I'll just rip off this fucking old schooly comic book. I mean, him and Bumblebee are still legends to me, too. It's a real, real recent comic book, too. 2007 comic. Yeah. Dumb fuck. <laughs> what a dumb fuck. Copying isn't particularly creative, creative work. Being inspired by someone else's idea to produce something new and different is creative work. What does that mean? That's one of the dumbest things I've ever... That's like the weirdest... In, that's the weirdest admission slash ego chest puff copying isn't particularly creative work being inspired by someone else's work to produce something new and different is creative work but but he copied and he also said uh, i didn't mean to copy i forgot to acknowledge it but uh i was creative anyway and they're also saying that his apology might have been plagiarized no way yes his apology apparently looks familiar (laughs) to someone else's apology for for um from doing that oh my goodness Oh, he took the Picasso quote is what they're no. trying to say. Yeah, no. Like that. Did did he say that? I guess he paraphrased. No, that's not that's that's nitpicking. Yeah. Unless they have a better example. I mean, if that. he plagiarized an apology, I actually would have like given him props. I'm like, that's amazing. He's that's getting... talent that you thought to He's plagiarize crazy. an apology. Like you're so cold and don't give a fuck that I now love you. Yeah, maybe he puts blinders on and just fucking plows right maybe through he it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he put here. this. Merely copying isn't particularly creative work, although it's useful in training practice. Being inspired by someone else's idea to produce something new and different is creative work, and it may have even wow. rationalized this stolen concept. Oh, my God, wow. he did steal it. Wow, from now on? Four years ago. Look at that. Answered four years ago. You scumbag. I'm oh, he's good. one of those guys. He's one of those guys. He doesn't have his own thoughts. Next time I get in an argument, I'm going to just plagiarize Shia LaBeouf's apologies uh-huh. and start sending them via email to people. Well, that makes sense because that's, that's sort of how I perceive a lot of actors. I always perceive a lot of actors being completely delusional and also being completely fraudulent, like not giving you who they really are, but giving you what they think would be nice if you thought of them. And that's clearly what he did by... Not just plagiarizing, but by plagiarizing the fucking apology. <laughs> That's <laughs> obviously. Yeah. He, this dumb fuck, even, even capitalized the is as well. No. He's such a dumb cunt. Wow. He, he didn't. He caught plagiarizing Charles Bukowski. Holy shit. Oh my God. Is this the old, <laughs> is this the old problem that he had? From six hours ago. Oh, Jesus Christ. How did he plagiarize Bukowski? I don't even want to uh, know. He's, Fuck this dummy. He stole the plot from uh, poet Charles Bukowski and author Benoit. I'm not going to say that. Oh, who cares? Oh, God. I'm going to bootleg a Yan Can Cook episode and turn it in, Shane, like and then that. send you Shia LaBeouf's <laughs> apology <laughs> via email. Like and capitalize is as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what That's comedians I'm are I'm sorry, I forgot use. to credit Martin Yan for this episode. He plagiarized his fucking apology from Yahoo Answers. You dummity dumb dumb dumb. <laughs> but you were right earlier. You said, "Look, you do anything on the internet, and yeah, you can't get away with that yeah. kind of stupid shit, right?" All yeah. day he's been uh, retweeting 
people's respond or apologies, like major apologies over the last couple of years, like Tiger's major apology in 2009. Um, Kanye's response to Taylor Swift when he took over her. What is he doing? Oh, he's, he's retweeting just, them. He's just doing that yeah, to try to everyone. to try to cover up the fact that he got caught plagiarizing not just somebody's work but an apology. He's now victimizing so he's himself. Just, well, I don't think he's doing that. I think he's just throwing a bunch of fucking decoys up in the air. I mean, he's just t- tweeting a bunch of shit. Oh yeah, that. Well, I also tweeted Kanye West's apology. I also tweeted. Uh, you know, that is the oh, best way to get man. people distracted, though, is if you're in some shit right now. Like, hey, have you seen this Kanye West interview? Yeah. Like, that's kind of the easiest way to get people distracted. That's a good way. Yeah. yeah. Which is the Kanye? Which one? Oh, man. Any of them. He, oh, him yeah. calling himself Michelangelo. Yeah. And you don't got Disney. the answers, Shane. You don't got the answers. <laughs> I'm Michelangelo in the flesh. We need the now, Medici's. The Medici family <laughs> going to step up and recognize I'm in the flesh. Nike is a slave master. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Rap stars crazy. are the rock stars, and I'm the biggest one. <laughs> that's so silly. You don't get to be the biggest one if you say that, because that's not something you would ever imagine Mick Jagger saying. Right. right? Do, you, do you think that Bono from U2 would ever say that? No, rock stars don't say that. They just live it. You live it, you don't say it, let everybody else say it. When you start saying it yourself, you're not that. That's not you. You're not that bad because a real bad motherfucker is bad motherfucker across the board. Sure. And bad motherfuckers don't brag like that, especially saying stupid shit like, I'm Michelangelo, I'm Disney. No, you're not because mm. they wouldn't say that. Mm. They're, not, they're not comparing themselves to the to previous people in some loudy, shouty sort of way. That's silly. You went like a V-neck on. Yeah, put, you're, you're fucking selling white t-shirts, son. It's the, the idea behind it is preposterous. Right. That a guy's going to yell out that he's not getting his just due. <sighs> that he's the Disney and he's the Steve Jobs. He's like, come on, man. No, you're not. That's exactly proof that you're not. And because you're saying you are. And the guys who are don't say they're somebody like that. Sure. They just do. The funniest reason, too, is, is that his reason for being so mad and talking about being a new slave is because he can't break into fashion. Yeah. It makes no fucking sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's all fueled by ego. Yeah. It's just this massive river do, of ego that he has to dam up. Doesn't he want to do like high end female sort of Yeah. Stuff? Not like <laughs> and you're like <laughs> Who oh, gives hold a on. fuck? You wanna dire- you wanna you wanna design dresses? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so who gives a fuck because it's like why are you yelling about that on a rap radio station? And, and also, know? like, if you're gonna dress like Kim Kardashian, it doesn't take much. Ta- just take some Reynolds wrap, clear <laughs> Reynolds wrap, and wrap it around that bitch. Like that is the best thing she will look in. Like, do you really she believe the that? Best in that? Do you really don't you don't think that there's like probably a dress that would be better than Saran? Wrap? <laughs> no, I think her and Saran wrap would be amazing. I think there's a problem with Saran wrap, and a big problem is that the shit is hard to get off. Oh, you gotta like. Fucking rip it and pull oh, it. Oh, no, I mean, Whereas just wrap a, a in a dress, circle and then go into dress, the bottom. You just hike that sucker up. And yeah. if you fuck a girl who's covered in saran wrap, that bitch is going to be sweaty. It's going to be like rivers of sweat coming out of the lower back and sweat I don't know. I all thought it was ass. amazing, man. I was at this pimps and hoes party in high school, <laughs> and I put this girl up that was doing a keg stand, and she just wore Reynolds wrap with no underwear. And I was like, this is the best dress ever. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. This <laughs> is like Halloween, or this is what? No, this is just what pimps and hoes party, dog. This is just what Asians and wiggers do in Orlando. Pimps and hoes party. This what? is what people do in cul-de-sacs in Orlando. What is Orlando? And like? sorry, what it's, was the purpose horrible. of what was the purpose of the of the Reynolds rub? to be sexy? Yes, okay. that was her hoe okay. outfit. Wow. Well, that works. 
mean, that's yeah. obvious. You're not classy. You know, you're wrapping yourself up in yeah. Reynolds wrap. You definitely want to take some it chances. Was as her underwear or that was her dress? No, that was her dress. And there was no oh, underwear. Okay. No, there was no pow, underwear. Pow, pow, pow. So she went up there for the kickstand. I thought you said. It looked like she was selling turkey burgers. I, I thought you said she was she was going up for a, a keg stand, like wearing a dress. The dress fell down. And all she was wearing as underwear was Reynolds wrap. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, she's a, she's a freak. No, she's a freak. She was she's just wearing Reynolds wrap with no, no underwear. But, no, but, I don't yeah, think your turkey burger line got enough respect. I know. So give it a little bit of a pause. No I mean, you get it. It's a ran wrap on both sides. Yeah. You're looking in, you're seeing the meat. I like it. Yeah, you see I a like turkey. It. I like where you went with that. <laughs> Pimps and hose party, man. Yeah. Those fucking movies. Pimps up, hose down. Oh, the best. Oh, my God. Those are real documentaries. Those, well, are they the one about the, the, the Hunt's ball? Point. Yeah, 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 Mr. White Folks. Mr. White Folks, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my Mr. God. Mr. White Folks, the, the white ever. pimp in yeah. this old fucking redone, like, 1930s yeah. car. This dude used to drive around in his white suits. Yeah. And they would get together, and Mr. White, they would all, like, rap pimp style. They would all, like, rap at each other. Yo, I'm telling you, Mount Rushmore of white people. Kenny Powers, Al Bundy, Mr. White Folks. Uh. That is the white person, Mount Rushmore. You know, Mr. there's Mr. White Folks. Yes, Mr. Oh. White Mr. Folks. Mr. White Folks, man. People have <laughs> slept on Mr. White Folks. You got to listen to him talk. You know, before I really got my feet wet in the game, right? Wow. I was Eddie Moretti. Before I got my feet wet. My <laughs> just started calling me White Folks, and ever since then, it just stuck. Look, he's at a, uh, a pimp and, uh, I guess, date. Function. These are like classy people. Shane, so isn't that actually 20. the global creative director of well, Vice, really Eddie Moretti? <laughs> I like. I love his voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a, a, a African, like a African American Southern slang thing. You know how to dress. Look at this money, dollar bills. How to finesse. But you know, I got educated in the hood. I feel like uh, that was the. You know, a blessing for me, being Caucasian, and you know, to be able to come to the other side of the fence, you know, and uh, be accepted. Accepted. And uh, also, uh, you know, be, be able great. to do some of the things that uh, some if of the wore like of the past that have done. Sort of like a ball cap also, and khakis you know, and like you know, a football country. shirt, and then just talk like that. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, or like you know, in a suit, like an IBM sales dude or whatever. You just talk like. One that, thing so. about white girls, you know, this is my favorite. They get less problems with the police, you know. They don't get that much static. You know, black bitch be wanting to get in the street and act stupid, you know, be wanting to fight with the tricks and fight with the police and talk Oof. crazy and she can't take care of no business like that. <laughs> like, yo, people love coffee and cigarettes that shot of like Bill Murray with RZA and all is, uh, them, but the best shot in a coffee shop ever is those toothless hookers drinking soup at the end of this. I forgot reason. about that. That's the illest shot. I don't think that the females respect the game like they once did because there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of renegades and outlaws. That's a female that's working and doesn't have a man. Renegades a bitch is and not supposed He's to got the best voice that First of all, hilarious. A bitch is not supposed to be looking at a pimp. When a pimp rides by, they're supposed to be looking at the motherfucking curve. And when she look up at a pimp, she can't be broke for reckless eyeballing. Look at this guy chasing him around. She can't be broke for reckless eyeballing. Reckless, eyeballing. reckless eyeballing. That means that she's making eye contact 
with the pimping. And she may not even be with that man. You know, that's the reason why I say the game has changed. In the old days, she'd be under pimp arrest. Oh. What a weird thing to be proud of, too. Yeah. You know, what a weird thing to be proud of, to be a guy who uh, makes women sell their bodies. But, you know, talk about the things that the great pimps of the past. Yeah. I've been blessed to be able to do some of the shit the great pimps of the past. What, what was done. the doc on the pimps, the famous one? Pimps up, hose down, and hookers at the point. No, no, there's your other one, the one that was in the movie theater. The big one, uh, Yeah, what was the one in the movie theater? Was John Singleton did it? It was like Fillmore Slam. Yeah, who the fuck games. was that one? I don't remember, but it was... Yeah. God the damn it. Was it? I don't remember. It was a famous pimp movie. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, that was a good one, too. That might have been even better than Pimps Up, I think it was down. just called Pimp. American, American Pimp. Pimp. Oh, American yeah, Pimp. yeah, yeah, yeah. American, yeah, yeah, American yeah, yeah, Pimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're both really good, man. It's it's a weird world, man. And they have those pimp conventions. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. remember in Pimps Up, Hose Down? Ice-T went to the pimp convention yeah. and started telling everybody that he was a pimp, and he was, like, rapping and talking about how he's not really a rapper, he's just a pimp. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were on that... Special Victims Unit show. No, 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 no. no. I've never seen it. Pimping. <laughs> <laughs> never seen it. Just pimping. You got confused, dog. Iced tea, straight pimping. Yeah, he's getting his hair done in the, in the show, talking about the pimp game, how the uh. pimp game, what the pimp game taught him about rap. Okay. There you go. That's something a white guy can't pull off. CB4. Imagine if a white guy did that and then got on one of those Special Victims Unit shows. Mm. Then you know the special victim unit shows too. They're all about rape, you know. So if you like, if he's on that and he he says he used to sell pussy, he used to sell pussy. He's on a rape show. Yeah, that's kind of a conflict of interest. (laughs) (laughs) That's just like the bankers work, the financial institutions hiring. Yeah, it's exactly hiring those professors. It's basically the same thing. That doesn't that doesn't make sense at all. Ice-T, you silly man. Ice-T ain't hurt nobody <laughs> on, on Special Investigations Unit, though. SVU, is that what it's called? SVU, is that what it is? I don't know. He's I've not hurting anybody? So <laughs> no, he's not. In, in fact, keep him off the streets, right? A lot of, a lot of girls. There he is. Look at this. He's not talking. He's not talking? No, this is just a montage. Oh, there's got to be one that has him talking. Find the one because he's got his hairs and curlers. It's pretty funny. It's weird, though. It's, but that's, that's a weird aspect of the black community that doesn't exist in the white community. Like, there, there wouldn't be, like, a, a bunch of white dudes sitting around talking about the pimp game. There's not enough of them. You got you know? Mr. White folks, dude. It's one. One guy. I think you probably have two things running. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, just, it's weird. That was uh, not that long ago. But I think you'd, you'd feel a lot more criticism if you're going to put a, a movie out sort of uh, glorifying the life of essentially a criminal who enslaves women. Sure. That wouldn't, that wouldn't fly today, I don't think. I think people yeah, would really know. complain. Because the, the Pimps Up, Hose Down came out a long-ass time ago. That rap thing game, it was like, yo, you got action in doing this. You know, my idol's Iceberg Slim. I named myself after him. If oh, I could sit up and bring a bitch down and have her doing anything, I could sit in front of this white man and break him down the exact same way. It ain't no difference. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want no pussy. I never want a pussy from a bitch. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, I'm finna play this motherfucker. I'm really finna see how far I can take this shit. And, um... <laughs> I've been doing it ever since. I well, can't act. I day. really can't act. I ain't no rapper. 
I, I got it's all I'm, it's all game. Ain't nobody. I'm just I'm just working these niggas when that. And then the funny thing is when I get out here and I deal with different individuals, they say, "Well, Ice, you know you ain't." I'm like, nigga, I'm. It's not a problem. You know what I'm saying? That's not a problem. That's not a problem. If I, I could, I I I could still do it better now than ever. I could knock 95 percent of any niggas bitches. I know I can do this shit. It's not a problem, man. But it's like that was a new adventure for me. To get over here. And real niggas can see it. They say this nigga. Let's shut this off. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm not high enough to watch that. If That's you, that real knowledge you're not ready for, Joe. I, I think so. I need more alpha brain. I'm not quite ready for that level. I had too much alpha brain. <laughs> I'm into my cerebral cortex right about now. Yeah. I don't even know how we got on this whole pimps up, hose <laughs> yeah, down. Exactly. That's We've gone as, into the vortex. Not as depressing as the hookers on the point series. That's the most depressing shit. Or killer season I showed you last time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of those depressing prostitute videos. Uh. That's some depressing shit. Was hookers on the point that that where all the cars drive by yes. and it just yeah. follows them every it's night? It's in the Bronx. Yeah, Bronx. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's apparently one that's area that's yeah, just Hunt's got Point. Yeah, that's just yeah, got yeah. the worst case. Right, they right. have a great farmers market. <laughs> Hunts Point, fantastic farmers market. The produce is amazing out there. And so, um, do the hookers just come out at night and the farmers market's done, and then just the atmosphere yeah. changes yeah. radically? Yeah, they sell fish and they sell fruit. No, they sell fish, then they sell fish. <laughs> um, are they still doing that? It's a Hunts Point. Did they clean it up after that show? Uh, I'm not sure. I just go for the farmer's market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I understand. But, I mean, when you're at the farmer's market, do you see, like, uh, daytime vampire scragglers? <laughs> that are still, uh, I, I've never seen them. Putting I've sunscreen never. on, venturing out of the cave? We've, we've been here with one <laughs> of the best zombies. chefs in the world. We haven't talked about food once. Oh, no, we yeah. talked about fake food. We talk, we did, that we is true. You're such an all-around cool dude. Nobody would um, imagine that you're one of the best chefs in the world. You like you think of a great chef, you think of someone that's like uh, impossible to reach. Some strange, very introspective artist, creative type. Mm. I consider myself just a very dope sandwich artist. Like the greatest <laughs> Subway worker of all time. What is this driving you crazy? All this gluten-free shit? Uh, Are you getting angry at people? I mean, I'm allergic to a lot of stuff. I actually did this test because I was having trouble on the road. I was having, like, stomach issues. And I got food poisoning a few times, so I did these tests. I'm allergic to dairy, beef, lamb, all kinds of things. And you're wow. a chef. Yeah. You're allergic to lamb? Yeah. So, so what do you do? Well, what I, I take supplements, and uh. then I can have things. Like, it's going to affect me regardless. Like, or What do you mean, make you, make you fart? I get diarrhea, I fart, I burp, oh, and then, like, I kind of... Um, I have other issues, right? Like man boobs, right? So Damn, they come from like eating the can, wrong foods? The allergies can affect you in so many different ways, but I'm like highly sensitive to like beef, lamb, dairy, eggs, all these weird foods. So I've been seeing like this nutritionist. I still eat it because I love to cook. I love to eat it, but it's just about managing it, you know? So wow. what, do they know what? And having the- it rarely. I can only have it like... Like beef or lamb, I'll eat once a month now. Do they really? know what the cause yeah. of all this stuff is? Is this something? Well, you did had? you eat? You ate. I'm imagining beef and lamb like, forever, forever, right, right. forever. And did you feel ill effects of it? And that's why you went and get it checked out. Did it progressively yeah. get worse? I've always had like intestinal issues and things always. like that. Yeah. So it's not something that progressively got worse. It was something that was always the case. Something that's always the case. And then um, they they can't tell me because they didn't test me before for it. Like food allergies is kind of a new thing. Like not everybody's gotten tested for food allergies, mm. but that's something people got to check out. But do you that's think it got worse after you were became a chef? I mean, I definitely you were eating more weird shit. Maybe I definitely felt worse, and my stomach 
I mean, I was farting all over the place. Like, my friends are like, you sound like a fucking machine gun. Just a walking fart. That's crazy that you're yeah. allergic to beef and lamb. Yeah, those I are, get those puffy are such and weird shit. Things. My eyes get irritated. It's mm. kind of crazy. Those are such weird things to be... Uh, How is it to go around the world doing a cooking show if you can't eat, like, the two most... Well, he still eats it. Yeah, I just it. eat it. Oh, I eat it, it and I take those supplements and, and What are the vitamins. supplements that help you? Do you take digestive enzymes? I take... Uh, Agwash root, there's something like agwash root, there's grapeseed extract, methyl assists, probiotics. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thing is, when I'm not doing the shows and I'm not researching foods, I keep it really clean. Right. So like, what does your diet consist of then when you're saying you keep greens, it really clean? I eat greens. greens, I eat seafood, I can eat pork and chicken. So pork, chicken, that's seafood. That's what I stick to. Hmm, that's yeah. fascinating. Lamb and beef. What about venison, elk, things along those lines? I'm not sure. They didn't test me for that. Hmm. So I gotta figure it out, but no food allergies is real. How how did you become a chef if every time you eat you fucking you farted up a yeah. storm? Yeah, I farted up a storm. I thought yeah. it was just how it was. Like kids used to sign my yearbook. <laughs> this one kid, because I had so much like sinus issues, uh. he was like, and I farted all the time, and I always needed to poop. He was like, life is a highway. Bring tissues. Uh. <laughs> he signed my yearbook that way in like sixth grade. <sighs> That's funny, man. Yeah. What a weird circumstance to be found in. Yeah. Did they have? Have any reason why they believe that you got allergic to all these things? Like when they find out food allergies, do they have a source for these? Is it genetic? Is it Part, environmental? I think it's genetic. I think for me, it's genetic. Your family has the same issues. My mom has a lot of the same issues. Oh, now I had oh. also the weirdest thing I developed in Mongolia. Right, I got sick in Mongolia, and I had to take antibiotics to like flush my system out. Mm. I got back to America, went to see this doctor, and he's like, dude. You got a yeast infection. I was like, I thought I needed a vagina to have a yeast mm. infection. He's like, No, you have a yeast infection in your stomach in your because stomach, yeah. you cleaned it out with antibiotics, and the bad bacteria got in before the good bacteria. Is that Candida? Yes. Yeah, you had it too. No. Yeah. Well, you just uh, read things, things fart, man. Read <laughs> things. <laughs> no, no, but 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 no, I didn't have a yeast infection. But, in my stomach. but I think the, the the deal is is like everyone has candida because like I have every symptom of it. But it's like oh, if you spit white and you fucking whatever, and you're like, well, how yeah. about that fucking thing that you were telling me about the last time we talked? That crazy bug that you had pulled well, out of your stomach. I, I was just gonna say I've had all this crazy shit because you go basically if you go like sub-Saharan Africa. You know, Afghanistan, a lot of rural parts of India. You're going to get some shit. And so, uh, by the way, I promised my wife I wouldn't talk about my bowel movements uh, again on your show. She has a problem with that? <laughs> but, I, yeah, I had this uh, f- helmet-headed uh, flesh-eating parasite in my bowels. Oh. Uh, and I had to get it out and all this shit. Anyway, I if you ever go, you, you look. If you're not, you know, you you go then afterwards after you get the shit done, you're like, okay, I'll have a, I'll bring cereal bars and drink, bring my own water and like. But eventually, like you know, you're gonna eat some, you're gonna drink some, you're gonna get some. But what I just find amazing because I I'm kind of a regular guy, whatever. But you go to these places, you just you're gonna pick up amoebas. It just happens. <sighs> but you know, for a guy who has stomach problems to become a traveling the world chef that makes Anthony Bourdain look like a fucking, you know, he's in short pants <laughs> is a very, is, is even a more of a courageous choice because you're going to the weirdest countries in the world, eating the weirdest food in the world when a cheeseburger will make you shit your brains out. Yeah, no, I, I go crazy out there. I bring a lot of, I eat a lot of Barocca and I eat a lot of probiotics, and I just have to keep it really Barocca, clean. the British multivitamin? Yeah, it's the best. That's a hangover cure. 
Yeah, I take it just on the regular from eating. What is it? Food. How does it, how does it what is it? Baraka I call it. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, it's like it's it's better than emergency all that. It's just B12 vitamins. It's like a rush of it, but it really gets you It's an effervescent tablet that's like a super hangover cure in England. Yeah. Oh, I see. So you drop this in water and yeah. it's like a lot of B12 it's and really some other things. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I use that a lot. But um no man, it's it's tough to do the show on the road, but I love it cuz I've I didn't know I was allergic. I thought that that's just how you feel after eating. Right. So 31 years, I don't have a problem doing it, but my doctor was like, look, if you want to live long, you don't want to wake up every day with diarrhea and like right. a kind of like nasal issue, yeah. then you need to change the way you eat. So right. now I just, you'll see in season two, I'm sneezing all the time everywhere. Right. How are your shits now? Solid. Beautiful. Solid, solid, right. strong. Uh -huh. baby arms, like strong, ox. Yeah. strong like ox. Yeah, those baby arms. In the Mongolia cool. thing, there was that horse. Did you eat horse? I I drank fermented horse's milk, but Whoa. the nastiest thing was... That's I the was, alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Fermented it, uh, mare's milk. Fermented mare's milk. Fermented yes. horse's milk might be another thing. Yeah, that's yeah, cock. Yeah. For, for, <laughs> fermented mare's milk, yeah. That's, but, what um, the, that's what the Mongols, like Genghis yeah, Khan, yeah, sure, yeah. troops yeah. got drunk on yeah. that Famous. And it clears your system out, too. It's like it detoxes you if it's your first time drinking it. Really? It'll clear you out. Well, yeah. I want to go. I want to do that. How does yeah. it detox Does it you? taste like shit? Or that's like, what they tell you. It, it doesn't taste... All right. It sounds like it's gonna taste bad, but it doesn't taste bad. Really? It is, it does feel like like you an are, unfermented shochu or unclarified shochu. It feels like you're inside a horse's ass, but in a sweet way. Because <laughs> it's like I it's can't the picture essence. that somehow. It's oh the my essence. God. Like you can't get around it that it's the fermented essence of this animal, and that bothers you at first. But then you're like, yeah. it's kind of sweet. It has a sweet. And like delicate flavor, but it can, but it tastes like a horse. It tastes like a fucking horse. It you tastes like you're licking a horse. That would sell yeah. if you brought it back. It's like that's licking what it a horse like? with that's wrapped in honey. That's what it looked yes. like in that bottle, that white bottle that's up there. That's what it looked like. Oh no 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 no! Like uh, fermented mare's milk. That's I mean, just I had mare's milk. In a like they had it in a wooden bucket and they just ladled it into yeah. bowls. They just let it rot. Yeah. There was oh. pieces of hay in it, all right? Because hay would just fly into it. And oh, then I was eating with Christ. these people. I want to drink that. It, it was actually good and it cleaned me out. But it, it What do you mean crazy. it cleans you? makes you shit? Oh, I just shit my pants. Listen, yeah, I, I don't in, know if that's good. I but a lamb <laughs> chop makes you shit your pants. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, those are different kinds in a, of, in a different, different way. Kind this of was, different ferocity. This was explosive. This was a, <laughs> this this rocked me like from a hurricane. the from, from the from the mare's milk. Yeah, this oh, shit just ran out of me like my ass was Stan on South Park. <laughs> Do you think that this could be something that could be successfully bottled and then don't have a colon? I'm sure people in Williamsburg and like Bushwick will buy fermented. Oh Mayor fuck milk. yeah! Williamsburg oh, is yeah, the hip yeah. section of Brooklyn, right? We should buy. Vice should start bottling. I want to do we that. You know, road. somebody came to us and said we should make a Vice moonshine, like a Vice whiskey, yeah. white whiskey. That's a good idea. We should do a Vice. Mayor's milk. We should do a Vice fucking Mayor's milk. Fuck Why don't you? What's holding you back? It's like if you That's like kombucha, laziness. you guys got cash. Laziness. Let's make it roll, son. Yeah. It's gonna People happen. love kombucha. They will be shitting their faces off. Eddie's, yeah. Eddie's fucking fermented mare's milk. Shane, let's yeah. make white Brooklyn shit their faces. I'm a I'm big, I'm big fan of kombucha. <laughs> Do you drink kombucha at all? Yeah, I like Talk kombucha. about probiotics. I that like shit's it. It's great real for, good you. for you. It won't get you lit up you like guys that mare's milk. You me feel real bad. Why? You, I just drink terrible? fucking booze. And you just drink booze? Terrible. You, I think you go to places that are so fucked up that you get back here, you're like, whatever. No, but can I tell you one thing? There's four blue zones in the world. You know, a blue zone is like where people live well into their hundreds, and, and a lot of them. 
Um, Costa Rica, where I, right where I have a house, where they just drink a lot of booze and smoke a lot of dope. In Crete uh, and Sardinia, which is, again, just dudes, they just drinking wine all day. Like, they don't get wasted, but, you know, they're drinking wine all day, eating fish, doing whatever. Well, they eat everything. And uh, one is in the Caucasus near uh, near um, uh, Dagestan where they're walking up and down the mountains. And they eat, they eat the same thing. They eat lamb and vegetables and shit. And then the, the the last one is this part of Japan, you know, where they, they, they eat, like, burdock root every day and stuff. But anyway, uh, they all drink booze. Hmm. They, and, and a lot of booze. And the, and the one thing is consistency of diet. They eat basically the same thing every day. Well, you have a liver. I mean, the liver can process booze. It's just a matter of how much booze you drink. Yeah, well, that's, that's what we're talking <laughs> I've seen some of those studies. I, I figure it's the happiness factor and the like low I levels so. of stress yeah. as opposed to I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that I stress that. is probably stress way, is the killer. way worse yeah. than almost anything stress else you do. Stress is the killer. Especially like real stress. Like there's people that can't go to bed at night. They get home from work and they're fucking wired to the gills. Yeah. Thinking about the office and all the uh, things they have to get done uh, yeah. and all the competition and the social politics that are playing on. Yeah. And then they sleep for a couple hours and they get up and they're yeah, fucked yeah. up. So they take a pill and then they fucking keep going. And yeah, I had two grandmothers, one lift to 99, one lift to 101. And the, the neither of them ever had a job. And, the, <laughs> and, at, and at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it was cocktail hour till it was 99 at 9. And that was it. They, they just got lit was up. A, they got lit up every well half like well for four hours every day, which they all worked up to. That was that was it. We're just gonna now we're gonna have our cocktails and then we're gonna go to sleep and that's it. That's beautiful. There's something yeah. beautiful in that when you really stop and look at the the actual end itself. Simplicity. Like, what is the end? What's the end game? Is the end? I mean, what do you what do you really want want to do? You want to leave behind some structures? What do you want to do? You want to you <laughs> yes. know you, you want to have some things that are I'd carved like, into stone with your I, name on it? I'd like to build a monolith. <laughs> Something very two thousand and one esque. <laughs> Something that looks like it was placed here by the aliens. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you want to do, man? What do you want to? Who do? me? No, anybody. Oh, in, in the world. You might as well go their way. Their way seems great. They get together with their little fucking cunty friends at cocktail hour and start getting lit up and talking shit and talk about all the dicks they sucked back in the old days. I bet wait, they do. Wait, that's my grandmother. Three or four drinks in, they start talking about sucking cock. They probably get crazy. Maybe. Dude, I want to I wanna hang out with grandmas getting wasted talking about sucking dick. They're out there. Oh, yeah, they're out there. That would be sure. awesome. We well, say it would be awesome until they get all fucking salivating and start looking at your yeah, dick. I guess it's weird. That would be weird. That would be weird. It's weird, but it's it would weird be awesome until that point. An old woman that used to be really hot, and then you uh, you see her now, and you realize like, whoa, like this is strange. Like her body's deteriorated. Now she's this like little tiny thing that can barely get by. Her back's all hunched over. That used to be this soft, supple, juicy <laughs> sex pot. You know, that's a weird thing. The the recognition. Recognition of mortality in that sense. Yeah. Sad. Oh, grandma's but all young. She probably got young. the illest war stories. You talking about sucking dick? No. You saying war stories? These old grandmas. <laughs> <laughs> but when you say war stories, like, what do you mean by war stories? Yeah, I'm saying, like, like suck, dick sucking them stories. Sucking dick. I want to yes. hear grandmas talk Ex about that shit. Exactly. Like, man, I hit all the dramatic angles. Dramatic <laughs> angles. Now I need to stop this podcast and get a fucking notepad. <laughs> dramatic angles. What? Exactly. Dramatic? Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think in my head. I guess it would be like the, the POV angle. There's the side angle. The taint angle. 
Taint it. How do you suck dick while looking at someone's taint? <laughs> no, I'm you, saying she they got to get into the work taint, too. Taint, the grandma, you the know taint. grandma got into the taint, too. They grew up in the fucking, during the days where soap was expensive. They probably didn't work that taint I'm that much. I'm sure they got up in there, too. Do you think so? Yeah. I think during the Depression, there wasn't a lot of taint licking. We need to get a round table with these grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> and come to a consensus. Yeah. Let's get about, on the Craigslist. Freaky grandmas, you fucks with the taint. Come on, the Joe Rogan experience. Real grandmothers of Orlando. <laughs> yes, yes. Have all these grandmas of Orlando that look were sucking dick back in the fifties. That's what. D- tell us what we was need up. to hear from them. Tell us what was up, grandmas. Tell us. Here, just crack a beer. Wow. Teach these young kids how to do it. <laughs> Teach these young kids. Um, what other disturbing shit did you go see that you can freak us out about? Besides uh, Greenland melting and ooh. them training the well, bo- Boston we, I don't bombing know if, I don't know if we I don't know if we talked about it before. It took us a while to shoot, but I just uh, we just finished it and it's fucked up. During the Cold War, um, we, you know, right after sort of you know the first the first bomb in '45, we started testing them and and you know what are, what does it do and you know, and so during the Cold War we had our, you know testing grounds in Nevada and all the shit. The Soviets were doing these air uh, tests, you know, to test, you know, you know, air bursts, and they did it in a place called the Semipatalinsk uh, Testing Polygon, otherwise known as the Polygon, and in the, the, it was about an area that was inhabited by about two million people, and so what happened is the majority we went there and we we checked out the land and it was. Uh, still irradiated like 40 years later. And it was, I think the thing was like having five CAT scans an hour, 24 hours a day for the rest of your life. Oh my God. So all of these, all of these towns around the polygon have these <clears throat> mutants, right? Oh. And uh, like crazy mutants. Like the scary thing about it actually is they had a whole orphanage of mutants that looked exactly like the mutants from Akira. Like maybe that's why they drew Akira that way, but like it was literally like a classic comic book or textbook like mutant and you're like it was scary because of that like it wasn't like oh you know it was a a tumor here or whatever it was like these babies with these huge heads with veins in them and shit and 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 not just one like you know a whole orphanage full of them there was this one guy who had his whole uh sort of you know all of his skin was like sort of looked like it was melting off it was all tumors and you know that they have so many uh, 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 and this is three generations in, so they're like, okay, what this, this guy, this the, that the guy, that's one of the guys, yeah, 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 oh yeah, my God. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad, man. Yeah. So, so, but anyway, so what's happening now? It's quite interesting because it's the X Men, but in real life, is what's happening is the people from the Polygon have gone into like other cities and stuff, and their human genetics, like their genome, has been, you know reconfigured by the radiation poisoning but they're passing it on sort of generation to generation so their kids and their kids kids have these same sort of genetic disorders rare birth defects cancers etc etc and so what they've started to argue for is that the issuance of a genetic passport which registers your mutations and your human genes and your genome And the, well, the obvious sort of extension of that is why are you fucking giving them a genetic passport if you don't want them to procreate? Because you don't want them to procreate to then pass on the mutated genome. So it's this whole mutant versus norm kind of X-Men, but in real life. And you go, wow, that's Nazism, that's fucking eugenics, that's fuck you, that can't be. And then you go and see the genetics that are been passed along and you're like, 
oh, this is some serious fucking shit. We we did some, and when I said we don't understand the technology, obviously we don't understand the power of it. We don't understand how to store it. We don't understand how to, you know, make it without fucking melting down. Fukushima's fucking irradiating fish in L.A. Like, it's crazy. But when you talk about genetics and how genetics get affected, you just get to the fucking tip of the iceberg. I want shit we're fucking up. And so when you see these people who are being issued by with genetic passports to like you, you know, for procreation for all these things because their genome is fucked up, you're like, what the fuck? We made that. We did that. We created this shit that fucks up our genetics. It's how, crazy. How bad is Fukushima? It's bad. Very bad. Like, like what, what it shows, what's interesting about it is so when Sandy hit New York, you know, uh, there's the 14th Street power plant that, 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 that got knocked yeah. out. And it was like, we have an 18-foot flood wall, like 18 feet, man. But what, what if the water comes over? It, but it can't. It's 18 feet. What if it comes over? Well, it'll short out and we'll be fucked and there'll be no energy in fucking New York for that. Dude, I live on 14th Street it, when it, it happened. We yeah. saw it explode yeah, from my yeah, window went, and we were like, what yeah, the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, is, and you sit there and you say, okay, but they're just incredulous because it can never go over the flood wall. And then, of course, it did go over the flood yeah. wall. It blew up, and then you fucking, you have no power. If you look at Fukushima, it's a perfect example of the problem with nuclear power is that, okay, th it's no way the fucking sea can come up here. The sea cannot come up here. It just can't get here. Boom. <laughs> There's a fucking tsunami. It comes up, and it's fucking. That's it. Now the 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 level of the levels of radiation have not fucking gone. And there's still we're, we have a crew there shooting right now. The levels of radiation in the area are through the fucking roof. The levels of radiation now that go out in sort of concentric circles. And I think there's been some reports now, again, I've verified these reports, and I'm going on the record, of you know fish, you know here that are fully irradiated from Fukushima, and you're like, okay. How how much worse do we need it to be? That's why taking these spent fuel rods and things becomes an issue because we can't go forward with the, 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 the current technology as it is. And so that's why if you take this spent fuel and at least can do something with it rather than just, you know, let it fucking irradiate for the next 10,000 And this years. has all been proven, this kid's theories of uh, reusing spent fuel? No. Shit? No. Not that I know of. Maybe they have. I don't know. I just saw a speech and I was, you know, I had a few drinks and I'm like, I'm crying. <laughs> this guy is going to save my life. I love you, 17-year-old boy with a bowl cut. <laughs> I did see a piece on uh, the fish on uh, tunas being 3% more irradiated than ever before. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's it, a big yeah. number. Yeah. 3% after a couple of years when you're dealing yeah, with something yeah. that's sure. going to be irradiated yeah. in the ocean for yeah. hundreds of thousands of years if it yeah. keeps leaking. Yeah. I mean, is it, uh, you know, that, that thing that they're doing, too, where they're trying to make the structure to keep all the water in, yeah. all the radiated water? Yeah. And they're going to keep it in with ice walls, so they're yeah. going to have to keep it frozen. In well, these there's walls. a lot of stories now coming out that the Japanese government, you know, kept it under wraps and oh. didn't want to tell anybody. And the food, you know, around in the whole region was irradiated. And people in uh, Tokyo were showing, you know, in, 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 in increased uh, signs, et cetera, et cetera. And you're like, well, you know, okay, it's it's going to be bad for quite some time. What do you God expect? Damn. Yeah. And how the fuck are they ever going to stop it? I mean, is, is is the rest of the world going to join in and help Japan? Or are they still leaving it up to Japan? Like, what's well, being done? I, like, I think from if our you side? look, but if you look at environmental things, I mean, it, now it's become such a. Oh, is this what is? Oh, what's this? Yeah, that's not real, though, oh, Jamie. Fine. That's that's not uh, that's uh, that's that's not what that represents. Doesn't rep uh. represent radiation. A lot of people have mistakenly. Uh, posted that things. I don't know what it is, but it's not radiation. I remember uh. reading it. 
they, they, they really haven't mapped how much radiation is in right. there and where it's going. But one of the theories that I was, I was listening to this uh, professor talk about the currents and the tides and where it's all going, that somehow or another it's going to wind up around Baja, California in really? Mexico. Yes. Yes, it's being pushed out there. Yeah, and then it's going to pool up there because that's mm. where everything from Japan eventually goes. It wow. goes to this yep. one area and pools up, and you're like, that spot's going to be dead. Really? Yeah, that spot that's going to kill everything. And wow. that's, of course, a spot that a lot of people fish and a lot of people wow. surf, and it's a very popular spot. And it's just going to be wow. radioactive as fuck. And it's going to go through the Polynesian Islands before it gets there. So pretty much yeah. everything is going to get raped. It's just unbelievably incredible that they never thought that it would be able to get shut off. That they just built this crazy power plant yeah, with well, no ability to cool it down. But, but that's what I'm saying is like we have these fail-safe methods because you're like, well, it can't right. go above this. And then it does because... You know, now weather has become fucking crazy. Well, it's also we, first of all, even if we weather wasn't becoming crazy, those kind of storms have existed throughout history. Sure. It's incredibly arrogant and, and silly to assume that those storms won't exist during the yep. brief window of time that you haven't figured out how to shut these plants sure. down without it. Yes. And you prepare for it because the one time it happens, it's worth And also, prepared. we've yes. had earthquakes forever, too. Yeah. Like, oh, well, here's a plant, but if we have an earthquake... We're fi- well, you're going to have an earthquake. Yeah. Well, they were good up until like a 7 or something crazy like that. <laughs> they couldn't handle that 8.9 that rocked them. Yeah. Did you see that recent video that was released of the um, this closed-circuit camera? The tsunami coming, there's a car coming, and the car sees the tsunami and turns around and leaves, and you see the tsunami literally oh, chasing wow. the car down the street. It's so fucked. Because when you talk about like the water got to this guy's wheels wow. before he peeled out of there, and then you see the waves with carrying houses behind yeah. him. Carrying houses, and this guy's pe- and who knows if he made it. I mean, it would have been a cruel trick if we're all applauding his escape, and then he runs into a fucking traffic jam right. a block away and gets run over with a house. But when you when you watch it, it's pretty dark. Mm. It's like whoa, that that shit came in quick. Right. Carrying houses, I would yeah. damn, yeah, and that could happen here easy. Well, it's a fault. Well, it's not just a fault. There's assholes that have... Look at this. This, is, uh, this isn't the video, but this is one video of how quick it overcomes yeah. everything. Look at that. A dry city, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here it comes. Oh, shit. You better turn around, bitches. Look at this. Whoosh. Oh. Look at this guy. <laughs> Fuck. Son in the scion. Look at this guy. Oh, my Fuck. God. <laughs> Oh my sorry, God! Look at, but it's coming in with oh houses, yeah. not one house, houses like hundreds oh, of houses oh and wood. God. It's an, it's it's just fucking insane. And yeah. it's happened here. It's happened here throughout history. There was a, a big one apparently somewhere. I think they said it was the 1700s uh, in Portland, somewhere around Portland. It just wiped out really? most of the Pacific Northwest. Just came in a couple hundred miles in, fucking killed everything and pulled out and everything. You know, a couple hundred years later, trees grow back and everything looks nice. <laughs> well, but it, it's it's fine if that happens if there's not a reactor there. If there's a reactor there, it's pulling out all that radioactive material forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the scariest thing is when it's happening somewhere near a reactor. What the, the, what's really scared me is that I don't, I've, I don't think I've heard one person come up with any way that makes sense as to how to contain it. Not just how to contain it, but how to stop it, how to clean the area up is almost just not even discussed. Right. 
mean, how the fuck do they clean that? How do you put, you going to put a giant filter on the ocean? I'm guessing they can't, and that's why they don't talk about it. But that, that's no reason either. Is that going to fuck up the entire West Coast? Because that's like the worst case doomsday scenarios that yeah, I've read online. That the entire West Coast is sure out there with the radiation moving to, to California. That shit is, that map is scary. Yeah, but that, that, that's what I said. That map doesn't necessarily represent radiation. That's oh. a, yeah, I, let me say radiation map, Japan debunked. I'll pull it up because... You kind of are good at sort of putting some up and then debunking it. That's what I do. I'm mysterious, bro. (laughs) I move around. Yeah, debunking the NCAA radiation map. Uh, Yeah, more Fukushima scare uh, scare mongering debunked. Yes, apparently that's not. But how do you know that the debunking isn't debunked? Mm, Dude, you're scaring the fuck out of me now. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Um. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's being debunked on, on a couple different websites. That seems to make sense. Snopes, yeah. Snopes debunked it. Image purportedly uh, shows radioactive sewage spreading across the Pacific Ocean and is false. Um, that's not what it is. But how do you know that the person saying that isn't? It's true. It's true. If you want to be all crazy, doom and gloom. But me, I want to live my life. Um, so I'm gonna We're, We've really me. vacillated tonight between doom and gloom and, and fuck trust. it, it's all right, it's going to be okay. Car hoods. And, and then I'm like, and then I'm like, you know what? It is going to be okay. And you're like, no, it's a meth head guy with the <laughs> radioactive isotopes. Well, as someone who is uh, an immigrant in America, I would think you would respect our fine country enough so that you would look on the bright side of things. The glass is half full, That's Shane it. Smith. Of Vice.com, Captain Doom and Gloom. That's it. Sir, you pay your mortgage on Doom and Gloom. How dare you <laughs> in my fine country? I smile in my show. If the shit hits the fan, <laughs> you going to move to Montreal? No. Gets warmer. Yeah. Be nice up there. Be a nice spot. Canadian Shield, you know, get up there in the lakes, millions of lakes. Can't get to me. Can't get to me. Moving fast. Moving fast. Just <laughs> is that well, you don't have to worry about people. What I'm saying, the shit hits the fan. I'm saying when you have to like build a house of, out of logs and go trapping for beavers yeah. for dinner. It's Canadian Shield, man. It's a good spot up there. Plus, if global warming, how the fuck really are you gonna get in, there? Though it's gonna be like the road for like a thousand miles just with your shopping cart and dog. ashes and shit. Dog sled. Dog sled. Yeah. Yeah, you need a dog sled. Yeah. You don't need dogs. No, that's why I'm enjoying the shit out of my shit, because God knows how much longer we got, so enjoy it. Do you think you have an extra potent doom and gloom uh, ideology in your head, or, or vision in your head, rather, because you're doing so much traveling to so many fucked up spots? Like, if you were just traveling <coughs> between the United States and Canada, you yeah. might be like a lot of folks that are out there that are just like, yeah, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. We were talking earlier about... Uh, the thirty-four thousand foot sort of uh, how yes. it, how it changes your shit. Like you can become more emotional, whatever. It was interesting. So we'll explain that for the people that weren't listening like, to it at all. At, at like high altitude, long haul, you get this flights. Flights, yeah, like thirty-four thousand views of cruising flight of general commercial aviation. And so there's a syndrome where you feel emotions much stronger. So if you're like watching a movie, for example, and I was joking that on the, the movie Armageddon, I was like bawling my eyes out. <laughs> you just, you have this uncontrollable, like, oh my God, he's going to marry Liv Tyler or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and, but you know, normally it wouldn't be like, but you can also feel, uh, uh, you know, euphoric, you can feel sad. You can like, it's just a, a sort of emotion crank, you know, at, at, at high altitudes. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> Well, you were talking about emotions. 
you know. About emotions firing. Oh, yeah, 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 right. So I, when I come back on plane, sometimes I have these emotional things, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get a place in the Canadian jail. I'm going to get a place. Just hedge my bets. Just maybe shit doesn't go wrong. But I always say this. If even if there's a 1% chance or a 5% chance, you didn't hedge your bets. You're a fucking idiot. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to hedge my bet. I'm going to get a place up in the Canadian jail with a freshwater lake and no one can get to. Mm. It's hard to get to all this shit. Now you're going to build a fucking cottage mm. on there. and You can have a cottage during the summers. And by the way, if a shit goes bad, you're up there. You got water. You got all the shit. Okay, fine. Now... I thought this was a particular sort of lunacy of my 34,000 foot fly back from Kabul to fucking cheeseburger land. And then I started talking to people, right, who are like running media companies or journalists or run the bureau out of, uh, you know, uh, Kabul or, you know, just, you know, people who have been sort of around the world or doing a, every single fucking one of them is like, I'm going to bolt hole. Yeah, I got a place in the mountains here. I got a place Whoa. over here. I got a place over there. And I think it's because you realize <clears throat> it probably won't happen, but and it shouldn't happen. But and people thought that the end of the world was coming for a long time. And and I'm the least sort of you know conspiracy theory. Oh, we're all gonna die kind of guy and all this shit. And I'm like, if it hasn't happened before now, no. however, you go to enough things like Fukushima or like Greenland or like Dagestan or Pakistan or all these. Pakistan, by the way, is is a, becoming a failed state. It has fucking over a hundred warheads on missiles ready to fucking go. So at, at a certain point, you're just like, I'm a gambling man. I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to fucking just have a bolt hole because if shit goes down, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and I didn't think it affected me until I had that discussion. It was one of those things where it's like, I masturbate. Yeah, so do I. So do I. You know, <laughs> It's like everybody admitted to we, we have this sort of paranoia and they were all it was kind of like minded dudes and I was like oh fuck it's fucked me up now then, then you, I felt like I have a fucked up head yeah when you travel it's hard to deny or turn an eye to the things that you see going on and the conditions right. that are in other places and like we are fed the illest Soma here in America we get the best Soma and I think it really, really blinds us to what's going on and what could happen to us. Like, look at Detroit. When you say Soma, you don't mean the sleeping pills. You, no, you, I you mean, mean, like, the Brave New yeah. World, Aldous Huxley. Like, right. you know, the wool over our eyes. Like, we have television. We have memes. We have, you know, all these things that distract us. We have cheap food. We have cheap real estate. We have cheap loans. You know, and, and so I think it distracts us from the fact that, like, these problems that are at the water's edge could be at your door very quickly mm. and you see it like detroit i think is the latest example mm. Mm. yeah detroit is a scary example we were there filming and there were houses for sale for 500 dollars. Yeah. yeah you could buy a house for 500 bucks we did a story there that i fucking sorry to interrupt no i was gonna say and the smell in yeah. the air is insane yeah. the pollution is so yeah. tangible yeah. you feel we have this great story of these uh uh kids you know and they're scrappers and they go into these houses that are abandoned houses and they rip every piece of metal out of it right and then they sell it to these uh um uh barges and the barges come in and they fill them with all this scrap metal all the schools all the old hospitals they're just ripping all the metal out all the girders everything and they ship it to china because the quest for steel is insatiable 
So, and we found it in Baltimore, we did it in Cleveland, we did it in Detroit, where we're ripping the shit out of our old industrial cities and literally oh melting it down God. to do the new industrial cities in China. That's it's so organic. Up. It is, right? It is. I was like, that's kind of a poetic story, actually. It is. We're pulling down our shit. Melting it and then building it for for the for well, isn't for that what they did crazy. with the uh, the, yeah. the the all the wreckage? You know who 9/11? shot David Cho sh- shot that for it. Really, David Cho is the host of that, and he goes out with the kids as they as they 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 rip Strip these buildings every apart. fucking like big industrial schools and factories, and they just take all the fucking. Didn't uh, that's that's so crazy? Didn't that isn't that what they did with the with the, the twin towers when they fell as well? Didn't they sell the scrap to China? Oh, I don't know. That's interesting. I'm pretty sure know. they did. I'm pretty yeah. sure they they uh, boxed it all up and shipped that. Well, shit North overseas. Korea. When you go around North Korea, all the buildings have like all these big like they look like they uh, you know, a concrete woodpecker has pecked away at them because they pull out the rebar and then they sell the rebar to China as scrap, and you're like. What? Hold on, you're gonna make your whole fucking. Like, how much money can you get for that much rebar? <laughs> like, oh my what God, is that? like so five hundred bucks. You know? Also, how did they get the contact? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're stealing, if you're a scrapper in Detroit, how did you get in touch with people to melt this down and then sell it to China? That's kind of no, no, because China's buying essentially all the scrap. They have such yeah. a desire for steel, and steel is yeah. expensive and hard to make. So to get scrap and then melt it down is actually more cost efficient. Even shipping it across the world. So what they're doing is not just in America. They're anywhere where they can send scrap. The open order is send it here. It's not just get Detroit's, yeah, yeah. you know, schools and give them to me. It's, it's, yeah. it's, you know, they're just taking all the scrap from everywhere. Yeah. There's a demand and then it filters down into exactly. the neighborhood. Wow. What's that so, it's such a weird and ironic twist to our story. Isn't it? What a poetic you know, fucking... We sold off our manufacturing yeah. overseas yeah. into the, the WTO yeah. and all the yeah. different bills yeah. that have been passed yeah. that have cut out the, the manufacturing base in this country, and then they slowly extract the metal and ship it in yeah. boats over to Well, China. we're living off the sort of remnants of that society, oh. and we're like taking everything and going, sell it, sell it, sell it's it. so weird. You know, Detroit has started wow. to make a comeback. As far as cars, at least, yeah. at least American cars, they started to produce real yeah. cars again. Like yeah. Cadillac won the car of the year, yeah, yeah. Motor CTS Trend car of the year. Or... It's, it's a, yeah, the CTSV. It's a fucking badass car. Yeah. It's a technological marvel. Yeah, it handles yeah, as sure. good as any German car that's ever been made. The build quality yeah. is spectacular. They have they're actually making real cars now. Yeah. The Chrysler, new Corvette. Ford, yeah, the, new the new Corvette's Corvette, yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's a, an amazing car. They're making like co- cars that people want to buy. Mm-hmm. Like finally, mm-hmm. but goddamn, they fucked it up for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember from the seventies until like today. American cars were a joke. If you weren't buying a Ford pickup truck, those were always solid as a rock. Chevy pickup trucks, like things along those lines. Most of American cars were dog shit. Yeah, well, it was quality control. It was just dog shit. You have to give a shit. Yeah. And the thing is, is Japanese people who handed us our lunch really were like give a shit yeah their culture they're they're missing all the fucking crucial elements that make every american think that he's awesome individually (laughs) so much so that they're not willing to secede to the group you know in japan like it's a big part of working at a factory is that everything is for the company everything for company and they you know they're they take pride in the fact that the company does well just also if you go to any like you know, shitty five o'clock fucking drunk ramen place. They've been boiling that stock for two days and everything's mm-hmm. perfect. You go to a shitty yakitori place. It's like they make it the best they possibly fucking can. And it's like they give a shit. 
Mm-hmm. If I'm going to make fucking yakitori, it's going to be the best goddamn yakitori I can possibly fucking Yeah, we got this entitled attitude in this country, or I shouldn't say we. Some people have sure. this. It's a, a poison of character. Sure. And it's a d- 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 it's yeah, degrading. Well, I'm not making money foundation. making this fucking yakitori. Fuck it. I'm going to make exactly. it shit. And you're like, well, hold on. If you're going to fucking do it. Yeah. But he has dreams. Anything. Shane, if you're yeah. going to do anything. Yeah, Shane pointing out the ramen and yakitori, it, it makes sense because... There's a lot of chefs that get a lot of acclaim in this country simply for the fact that they speak English because they can communicate it better. They have the money to open a yakitori place in the right neighborhood where writers live or it's accessible. But they usually – it's not about authentic or whatever. It's exactly what you talked about is the person from that culture probably gives a shit more because sure. it represents them. Right, right. And a lot of people like young chefs and things like that, they think that they can go over to some place – for a couple weeks and be like, oh, I can make yakitori, I can make sure, ramen. Yeah, this yeah. this is easy stuff. You know, like mm. that guy Ivan Ramen, he's very, very famous. He did ramen in Japan, but he lived that shit. Right. You know, you really have to live Ivan Ramen, he, he named himself after the soup? Yeah. Or he was uh, named that anyway, and he became because he was named. I'm not it. sure. He opened a place in New York. It's like all the buzz. I haven't been yet. Nice guy. I met him. If his name was Ivan Ramen, then it would be interesting to find out if... Because of his name, he became Mr. Ramen, or because just he because Mr. I, Ramen. I just think his restaurant was named Ivan. Oh, I'm okay. not sure. Did you ever see that one um, Tony Robbins special um, where he went to not Tony Robbins, uh, Tony Bourdain Bourdain. special? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Where he I have to, seen the Tony Robbins one. <laughs> I feel fucking the Tony good. Robbins noodle special. He went <laughs> and there was this one dude who was had been making noodles the same way his family had been making noodles mm. for. Fucking, oh, you in know, China, how many, sitting and, on the yeah, stick. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopping yeah. up and down awesome. the stick. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, watching this guy make noodles all fucking yeah. day. Press it, make it, and you see what physical labor yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And this guy is just a master at making yeah. noodles. Yeah. And I never considered that there was an art to making noodles. But see, if a I kid did that. that here, like if some kid from Culinary Institute of America, I hang out with these other chefs. If somebody was doing that here, he'd put that guy in a glass case in the front yeah. of his restaurant, <laughs> wear a chef coat, and be like, give me awards. I deserve it. Do you yeah. see what I'm doing? It's like, yeah. dude, chill. You know, you should do it because that's, that's a good way to do it. Inside chef talk. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are mad about people wanting awards. <laughs> I'm the Kanye West of chefs. <laughs> no, I don't even submit to those Motherfuck things. Motherfucker, I am Wolfgang Puck <laughs> in the flesh. <laughs> I invent these types of stuff. I'm Julia Child, bitch. That shit is funny. Who's going to step up and give me the Medici money to run my new fast food joint? Who's the best chef in the world? Man, Go. I... I I think that's. I don't think that's possible you? to say. I'll say How dare you? Know, you. How dare you ask a chef? You know what question I could answer? I can't answer like who's the best chef in the world. I think there's no answer to that. I will say that there's one chef I met that I would bow, I do bow to, mm. and that I am like his fucking grasshopper. Mm. And when I see him, he inspires me. And I just want to be a fly on the wall in his kitchen and hang out with him. Mm. He's the best master. You in Szechuan, and uh. he's been featured in like Fuchsia Dunlop. I thought you were gonna say Emerald. Emerald's Bam. The, yo, Emerald's also the man. Bam! I, I met Emerald. Emerald. Emerald is a stand-up dude, really cool, really mm. cool, down-to-earth dude who really knows his food. But Master Yu mm. in Chengdu, I met, cooked me some of the best meals I've ever seen, and then he also kind of showed me new techniques on dishes that I'd been cooking for years. Right. And and that's dope when somebody can take something you've been doing for so long and be like, check it out this way. Like, what was the it. difference in the variations? What were the dishes that he he cooked for you? All right, so the simplest thing was the most impressive thing that he taught me was chili oil, right? Mm. People always have an issue 
with temperature and making chili oil to get it at the right temperature and use a thermometer and things like that. Chili oil, what he does is he heats up his oil to a certain point where canola oil will be a little yellow at first. He'll heat it up so hot that it becomes white. Let the temperature drop. Then he'll heat it up till it's hot to the touch and put it over the chili grounds. And that'll be like an encasing so that when he puts hotter oil on top, it won't burn the chili oil. So he'll cook it in an in a oil that's just slightly hot to touch. Then he'll heat it up another 60 degrees or something, put more of that oil in. Then he'll get it ripping hot and put that oil in. But the chili never burns. And then mm. you can also see how the flavor of the chilies and the smell of the chilies changes at every temperature. Mm. And that is the hallmark of Szechuan cooking. That is the thing that's most amazing. They took a couple ingredients, but one especially is the red dried chili pepper. Right. And just because of temperature... I got a question. Yes. Hold on, but, I, hold on, but I, need to, I need to hear the answer. Sure, sure. Oh. Just because of temperature? Just because of temperature, that one ingredient can become so many different things. And it's like that, that culture of cooking, Szechuan cooking in China pays that much attention to almost every ingredient available to them. Mm. But us now, like, our culinary revolution, so to speak, in America, is such a, like, faux revolution to me. Like, mm. in other countries, like France, you go to France, you go to China, there's people been cooking and doing these things for 5,000 years, and this is what their parents teach them in their mm. homes. It's it's really cool. Sorry. Wow, that's fascinating shit, man. Yeah. The idea that they figured out how to not overheat it. That's yeah, it. and that's Not why I don't it. like read the food blogs here. But I will travel and I'll go into any place, and I want to see like your your technique. Like mm. that's what mm -hmm. I'm looking for. I don't care about like fancy restaurants or ambiance. Like I want to see technique. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's really fun to see someone take something so simple that's available to you every day. It's it's a walk. It's oil, and it's mm. a dried chili pepper. Sure. You can fuck with it all day. But I, sorry, I just wanted to ask him a question because. I love Sichuan and I love chili. I'm a yeah. I'm a chili fanatic, and uh, uh, I'm Irish. So uh, what what chili chili does to me, what what uh, beef does to you? <laughs> but I'm addicted to it. I love chili, yeah. all different kinds of chili. But I I love Sichuan. But I it was only when I went there that I realized they have two spices. They have uh, chili and mung, mm -hmm. and I never had it before going to China. I think it's illegal actually to do here, maybe. But you know, in China, in, in Sichuan dishes, there's tons and tons of mung. Do you know what mung is? No. It's a spice that they put in that dulls, numbs your mouth. It numbs oh, your tongue. You, you mean like peppercorn? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, mung. they in Sichuan, what they have is here. We just have dried Sichuan peppercorn, mostly available. Some restaurants can get green peppercorn, yeah. but the green peppercorn. It's like eating a Newport cigarette. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> eating a Newport yeah. cigarette. That's a it, great it, way to describe it. And it numbs your mouth. Yeah. Like it numbs your tongue. It numbs yeah. your whole fucking shit. It's amazing. Well, now, let me ask you this, because I don't understand chilies or peppers. Mm. But yeah. what, what, why New Mexico? Why is New Mexico famous for chilies? Hatch green chilies. Yeah, what is the, the What's the deal? It's native to them. And, and Chihuahua. Yeah. But you could best go, green, best green salt. I heard they'll like they cook them for you and they'll yeah, they'll freeze them and delicious. ship them to you, yeah, and they're delicious. worth getting from New Mexico. Yeah, oh yes, yes really. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's really yeah. cool. Those regions like New Orleans has the Creole tomato that's mm -hmm. only available for about like six weeks out of the year, and it's almost like a fruit tomato. Mm -hmm. and then you have like the hatch green chilies in New Mexico. Like America has this amazing produce that's native to the country, and it's cool to go 
on the ground to these regions where they've played with it for hundreds of years. Yeah, the hatch green chilies, show. what they were yeah. saying was that it was just, not, it's not a super spicy chili. It's no. a delicious taste. Delicious. Yeah. Deli- we were shooting that uh, Mitt Romney, um, or not Mitt Romney, but Romney, uh, the, the Mormon Family. colonies in, uh, in, in Chihuahua. And we were there like a couple weeks. And I was just going, what the fuck is this? This shit is awesome. And it's the hash green chili or hatch green chili salsa. Yeah, which is the best shit I've ever had. In my really, and it's in yep. a it's in a meat. Uh, uh, Chihuahua's like a meat, the meat, uh, you know. Thing. And so they have steaks and they have a lot of shit. And you have a barbecue steak and they just pour this 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 chili on top. It's the best fucking thing I've ever. In had. New Mexico, they use it with antelope. They have a lot of Delicious, antelopes, fantastic. pronghorn antelopes yeah, in New Mexico, yeah. and they they cook it. That's where I saw these chilies. It was yeah, on the fantastic. show Meat Eater. They shot an antelope and then they uh, they cooked it. With uh, these chilies, New Mexico style, and they were just raving about how good these chilies are. Chilies are fantastic. I gotta get some of that shit. I'm gonna get some. If you if you if you know the place, I'm gonna get some because I fucking love that shit. All right. Well, how long are you in town for? Ever. In L.A. for? I'm living with you now. All right. Okay, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but no, we'll that's, that's the thing, man. Like going... <laughs> I'm moving to the commune. Isn't that why you invited Dude, us here? Dude, we're here. We're queer. We'll get I, used to I it. brought my uh, Nikes and my. Uh, we don't need Nikes, man. Nikes suit. have a bad record. We need to. Uh, we're going to go with Converse All Stars. Salcony, Salcony, because yeah. they're weird. That's good. That's a weird one. Uh, you know, yeah. Asics is, gives you like an athletic air. Like, what am I, a wrestler? Salcony is just weird. Um, I wanted to talk to you about that. I had a funny conversation with Jimmy Kimmel today uh, about that drug that you guys covered on Vice, that devil's... Crocodile? No, scopolamine. Scopolamine. Scopolamine is the same shit that they put in the patch that they give to people when they're seasick. Mm. My doctor told me that scopolamine is like regularly prescribed for people that have seasick when they have the patch. Yeah, I think it's in the different dosages. Like basically yes. the scopolamine that is the is the zombie drug is like the heroin level alkaloid. You yeah. know what I mean? And then the scopolamine in the patch is like the aspirin. Well, that's because uh, the, the reason why I was bringing this up is uh, Jimmy Kimmel was telling me that him and Adam Carolla... Um, had the patches on, uh-huh. and they had a couple of beers, and they allegedly might have been around someone else who was smoking illegal marijuana. They would not have partaken <laughs> of themselves. Right. Maybe they did. But uh, he said it was like he was living inside of a tin box. Wow. He said he was fucked up and wow. a totally new kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Which makes sense. If you've got this fucking devil's breath Colombian, that's what it's called, the Colombian's yeah, devil's yeah. breath? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that spike, uh, the uh, the vice piece on that is incredible. If you haven't seen it, world's scariest drug. Uh, it's called Colombian Devil's Breath, and it's on Vice. And Vice is, if you don't know, the greatest online source of fascinating documentaries, exposés, interviews. There's nothing better. And uh, it's all because of this motherfucker. Shane oh, Smith. thank Holla you. at your boy. Thank you, thank you. Holla. But this uh, Colombian's devil's breath shit is fucking terrifying because they give it to people and then the people just do your bidding. They have no idea. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Did you watch it in, in person? No. Uh, I've seen the video. I've seen the footage. I, I didn't do the shoot, but the they the so a lot of how it works is the prostitutes put these nose plugs up their nose. And they have like a condom or a balloon with some in it, and they put it in their mouth. And then what they do is, is, is when you go close, they sort of blow it into your face, and it's a ton of it. And then, but they have the like um, uh, security camera footage of like people clearing out the all their uh, furniture in their house, or people going to the bank machine and just taking all their money out. Um, 
and because it's auto-suggestive. So you're in this sort of like trance-like state, and you're like, now do this, and you're okay, and I'll take my money out. Now, you know, open your door. And so they, you know, it's it's a, apparently, this I haven't verified, but the Tauntaun Makut, the uh, the um, sort of zombie police in... Uh, in Haiti, for the for those years under Papa Doc, were like, that was scopolamine. That was the zombie drug. They call it the zombie drug, Devil's Breath. It's got different names everywhere, but it's like this auto-suggestive drug. What a strange side effect or effect of Isn't drugs! It? It's crazy. It's crazy. And this stuff is apparently very prevalent. I mean, it, it, yeah. it grows wild, right? Yeah, well, it grows in America. It's it's the sort of making. It's like making a poppy. Into heroin. It's the same sort of process of making an alkaloid. But it's incredible. That's the same stuff that they use for sleep or for uh, seasickness. Yeah. Someone yeah. told me another thing that it was in. And it was it was a, a part of some you know famous like you know I don't know Viagra, some sort of famous drug that everybody. It's it's, it's part scopolamine. Oh, so it's just in what is the uh, what's the dosage? That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. This is incredible that that's scopolamine. Like if you look at prevent motion sickness, transderm scope. It's actually well, maybe called, it was motion sickness. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah, transdermscope dot com. Well, seasickness is motion sickness. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same thing. But that's amazing that it's that yeah. devil's breath shit. Well, according to Jimmy Kimmel, do not take that with beer right. and weed. Right, right. Because it's, it's a fucking bad, it's a bad ride. <laughs> bad ride inside a tin can. And we could have tried the <laughs> auto-suggestive powers of it. Yeah, I wonder if that, I mean, maybe he did some terrible things and he maybe. doesn't even know. Maybe. Maybe someone had him. It's very strange that those two things are, are related. Yeah. And that I guess you could just cover someone with those patches while they're asleep. Just start sticking them all over their Do body. It. And they trip. And then they wake up, and you're like, bitch, I own you. It's time to go to the ATM. Let's do it. Wake up. I wonder if that's ever been attempted. I wonder if I'm fucking up because I suggested it, and no one ever thought of it before. Now it's going to be a thing. Somebody's going to do that. Somebody has to be the first Everyone's person. Everyone's going to go to the AM, PM covered in patches. Just <laughs> yeah, there's no way I could be the all first. your fucking Twizzlers. I shouldn't have told people that that's the same thing. Yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. Eddie, what do I do now? How do I get out of this With show? tremendous knowledge comes tremendous power and responsibility. Okay, John. well, what if you have almost no knowledge but Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> How much responsibility is in, when you're just Google searching shit? Is there a lot of in, on the line there? How much do I owe? What do I, <laughs> I think you're good. Some good. kid's going to have a great time and give away all his money. Um, you guys went with Dennis Rodman mm. to fucking North Korea. Mm. Um, what the fuck was that? How's that happening? And how the fuck is Dennis Rodman going back after homie just killed his uncle? Yeah. Well, he's, well, you know, look, it's resurrected his career, you know. Dennis Rodman's. Yeah. Has it really? Yeah. Well, yeah. What is it? What kind of career does that resurrect? He's a basketball player. <laughs> well. Like, what, is, what is the career now? Dude, I saw him sponsoring restaurants, barbecue restaurants yeah. in Koreatown, all over. He's yeah. all over. Really? No, so, yeah. People, <laughs> oh, no. <that> motherfucker. <laughs> 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 you totally got me, dude. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> you were fucking selling it too, son. <laughs> I love creating good. Asian stereotypes and just fake good. Asian news. Well, the, the idea that all of a sudden Dennis Rodman is huge in the Asian community and just fucking selling everything they I'm have. I'm like Asian Fox News, dude. I just make shit up. Is this it? This is it. And this is him in North Korea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that is so fucking uber strange, man. Well, okay, tell me. This was your second time there, right? This is after you guys had filmed that one piece that was exposing all the weirdness about the restaurants and all that other shit, right? Yeah, no, so I went same time or I, no, no. I went twice, 
and did documentaries. And because I had been there, I knew that they were crazy about A, basketball, but B, the Chicago Bulls. Uh I can't go back because of my previous two documentaries, (laughs) but we knew that they loved the Chicago Bulls. So we tried to put them together again to go do a, a tour, but no one would except for Rodman, who is, like, signing ba- basketball cards in, in Denver or something. And so, he, yeah, he said, I'll go. And, 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 and obviously we needed more people than just him, so, you know, the, the Globetrotters agreed to go. But we thought, we didn't know he would show up. We didn't know, like, we thought, like, this would just be a way to get in and see some different shit. And then Kim Jong-un showed up, and then not only showed up, said, hey, come back to my house. And everyone went back to his house and got, absolutely loaded and you know talked to a bunch of crazy is he the only one that's allowed to wear that haircut in north korea like what if somebody else wanted to rock that crazy haircut that kim jong-un has there's there's actually only seven haircuts that are allowed by the state and they have to be done in a particular way like his haircut pause that like back there jamie bam look at that haircut that's yeah no that would be a that would be a haircut is that only you know what's interesting so he looks one of the reasons why they picked him because uh kim jong-il had a bunch of sons because he had a bunch of lovers whatever and and this kid they weren't going to uh pick because he was educated in switzerland and that's the back west it's bad but he had an older son who was picked up in like uh, Tokyo, which is an uh, you just can't do that. And another son that smashed a Ferrari in like Monaco, oh. and and you know in the poorest country in the world, and they're fucking smashing Ferraris in oh Monaco. Oh my god! But he, the, one of the reasons why he got in is because he looks exactly like his grandfather, uh, Kim Il Sung, who was the the founder. Like he was the the first of the he was trained by the Soviets, and then he came down and he started the whole, uh, you know, uh, cult of personality. Uh, the original Stalinist, fearless the original, the original, The original Kim Il-sung. And he looks so much like him that it's like it's like me being born looking exactly like Abe Lincoln. They're just like, this. well, he's the, just put him up there. And so that that's why they put him up there, and now he's, he's, now he's purging the shit out of people. It's probably not him purging the shit out of people. It's the generals behind him. Getting rid of the other generals that oppose them and shit. So these are the generals that were loyal to the previous administration, his father's administration, and they've criticized him? Is that what it is? No, I think the uncle has his own power sort uh, of thing. And so, had. had. Yeah, he was the mentor. Had, the uncle had, was yeah, supposed to be the yeah, mentor. Yeah. Oh, no. And so this is them getting rid of, you know... The, the the dowager sort of uncle talked a little too much shit got a little too cunty yeah. a little disrespectful yeah got a little disrespectful yourself <laughs> got a little out of line yourself oh really no no good <laughs> you good me there. <laughs> got a little out of line yourself yeah. remember the scene yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fucking Joe Pesci kills the guy oh yeah. yeah yeah got a little out of line yourself yeah. yeah and Robert De Niro and him stomp the guy to death yes yeah. get your shine box remember that guy yeah Billy Bathgate yep Billy Bath there you go yeah. Um, so he killed the fa. They killed the uncle, and then hired the the wife of the uncle. Gave her a, a new position. Yeah, although I read something recently about the wife that now that's she she's been detained or ta- you know something's Uh-oh. happened. Yeah, I didn't he's, I didn't see that yet. Something's happened there. Well, I had also read that maybe the wife had a played a part in it that she was trying to get rid of him. Who the fuck knows? She's tired of her husband wow. trying to stick it in her butt or something. <laughs> That's I mean, Carrie gave like a crazy interview about it too, where he was just openly talking about how he's killing off people and and how it's making him nervous. And it was interesting to see a diplomat just go 
right. balls to the wall with it. I was like, wow. Well, remember, Kerry was like fucking sounding the war horns for Syria. And yeah. the entire government, the entire country was like, um, no. Like, no one, not Fox News, not CNN, yeah, right. not yeah, fucking yeah. anybody was like, this is a good move for America. Yeah. We need to go to war with Syria. Everybody was like, ho, 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 we ho, We need ho. to go with a Russian-backed uh, Syria. Yeah. You know, Russia on one side, us on the other. Well, we've seen where this ends up. Is that one of the first times you've seen in your lifetime where the United States, the, the people, literally said, fuck this, and the government backed off? Well, for sure, and it was such a black eye because actually Putin said, oh, I'll I'll negotiate this plan because they're backing Assad. Yeah. And we were going to back the other side so it's a Cold War fight again. And Putin comes up with a peace plan, and we were so embarrassed that we went, yeah, okay, we'll take your peace plan. We'll take <laughs> Russia's peace plan, who we were about to go to war with. He seems so reasonable in the in the peace plan, too. It's like, yeah, like exactly. this guy who's essentially the, the czar of Russia yeah, yeah. is more reasonable than sure. the United States. Well, you just got back from yeah, there. Yeah, Russia is what? one of the most... Unfriendly. It has to be unfriendly, the most unfriendly and anti American. Like, yes. the, what's interesting is you would think that the Cold War never ended. Yeah. Because you go there and the anti American, anti Western rhetoric is crazy. And they blame everything. Russia's economic problems, that's the Americans' fucking financial crisis. You know, this thing, oh, that's the Americans spending too much on the arms race. Oh, the problem with the gas going into Europe, that's the Americans flooding the shit with all their fucking gas. And the racism's overt. Overt, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck, man? When was the last time you went to Russia? I was there three months ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's around the same... I, I was probably there right before you were there. And, um... No, it was. It's not a happy place. You get off there, you go on the train. I took the train around there. Man, it's a it's a depressing place, and mm-hmm. it's pretty sad. Butter and I went there to film a film, film a film, film a movie, and he got hit in the face with a metal pipe. Sure, they, they hit him in the teeth with a metal pipe, yeah. smashed all of his teeth. He woke up with a mouthful of blood and broken teeth. All of his money's missing. Shoes were missing. It was the cops missing. too, right? He doesn't know who the fuck it was. He turned a corner, and someone just fucking faced him with a pipe. Yeah, it's a violent yeah, place. Cops, cops shake people down there on violent, the regular. Just yeah. civilians, the cops will shake them down. Yeah, man, that's a dark place. That's mm-hmm. a dark place that's lost a lot of its sons as well. You got a lot of yeah. beautiful women there that are growing up hard. A lot of liver stealers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Wake up with stitches. All groggy, <laughs> connected to an IV. Yeah. No, you get that feeling out there, man. Like as an American, it's not a it's not a friendly place. It's to some be. hostile no. type shit. Hostile. Yeah. As in hostile the the fucking movie where they steal your liver. Yeah. I don't, that I don't want that. Or they just tortured people and killed them or something. Yeah, it seems hostile, which is why it's so scary to think about going to war with hardened people that were controlled by the Mongols for yeah. over 200 years. The more, Mongols yeah, came, I mean, everybody tried to conquer Russia. Napoleon lost 60% of his troops trying, and the Mongols came in there in the winter. <laughs> they came in in the winter and fucked everybody up and just dominated the whole country for a couple hundred years. Mm. Yeah, dude, Mongol- Mongolia is the most magical place I have been yeah. this year, in the last what, few years. What I've way been. magical? It's... It's very cool because there are parts of it that remain untouched. Yeah, beautiful. You walk far enough, you drive far enough into the desert, there are places where you're just like, man, I feel like original man. Mm-hmm. Well, these people don't know the man. size of Huge. the steppe. Huge. The size of the steppes of Mongolia, the steppe meaning the it's the area like sort of like uh, an, an ocean with all the water taken out of it, is twice as big as the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, yeah. twice as wide as the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. It's just this flat plain, and that's where yeah. where Genghis Khan was birthed. Did you ever see the movie Mongol? Yeah, wow. yeah. 
It's a good movie. The funny thing is, well, not funny. Mongolians don't like that movie. Really? Yeah. There's another Genghis Khan movie coming out, but they feel like they weren't depicted properly that in the movie Mongol. Well, Mongo. they should be happy they got John Wayne to play Genghis Khan, the original, because <laughs> he fucking knocked it out of the park. <laughs> that shit was authentic as fuck. Uh, you ever see John Wayne as <laughs> Genghis Khan? <laughs> it's one of the worst it. pieces <laughs> yeah, of American yeah, yeah, film yeah. or culture, yeah. period. Uh, it's dog, diggity dog shit. It the, sounds bad. The best thing on the Mongols, without a doubt, I say this all the time, but if you haven't heard it, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, Wrath of the Khan. It's mm. a five-part series, five two-plus-hour-long podcast on the mongols and it's fucking magical it's right. amazing just the the sheer numbers that he drops on you the mongols killed so many fucking people they killed 11 percent of the entire population of the earth wow yeah you one know, out of every 500 dudes in china is related to genghis khan wow yeah directly yeah. i did that dna online my brother did the dna online test and like we have dna from there obviously damn you got khan really? dna yeah like well they genghis say khan like you? what they'll say is your dna comes from this region and like it was mongolia or korea you know so right. the interesting thing though is is when you go to an old country an old culture like mongolian culture it, the wisdom has like been passed down. Like you see these things, people have this like patience about them, and they. I was in the desert, and I was talking to these people. I was like, "Look, the mines are coming. The mines are threatening your way of life. Are you worried that like there will be no nomads in the next generation?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're worried about it. We we know that like this way of life is going by the wayside, but we've persevered. We've been through a lot. We've seen a lot of things. Like our people have always persevered, and it's interesting to." They have this confidence in that because yeah. it's such an old culture. It's such an old culture and at one point in time, such an incredibly dominant culture. They're very proud of it. They're Dude, really they were, proud of it. They have Genghis Khan on their money. Yeah. Yeah, the, the guy killed in his lifetime five zero million. Right. Between the low numbers are 20, the high number is like 70. Wow. And a lot of people say somewhere between 40 and 50. Wow. Million people. With horses and That's bows crazy. and arrows. They killed everybody. Yeah. It's unbelievable how much damage this one guy. This is John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Oh, you got to hear him talk because it's goofy as fuck. Chief of all Mongols, make known to all men present and afar off. Those who oppose me shall be destroyed. Those who submit shall be spared. And those who freely unite with me. He didn't even try to have a correct accent. <laughs> no. Nor did he do what they always do in movies where they speak in a language that nobody else speaks, where they go with a British accent. Right, right. Which is always a good move. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked like He-Man. That shit was <laughs> terrible. That shit was like the Rifleman goes to Mongol. <laughs> Wasn't it? These fucking stupid old movies, man. It's like uh, James Bond where he has to become Japanese to get on the island. Yeah. And it's just like so bad, and they're all like, yep, he's Japanese. <laughs> Tom Cruise Seems as the last legit. samurai. That stuff is just goofy, man. Well, at least Tom Cruise played yeah, a white guy. Be, yeah, he was supposed yeah, to be a white guy. Yeah, he supposed to be, but still. It's just, <laughs> I was like, man, it's the last samurai, and the last guy that lives is Tom fucking Cruise. <laughs> of course it can't be. It has to be a white guy. It's going to be I the know. last one. Well, he's <laughs> not. show you how to do it. He's not, he, he's not just a white guy. He's got more alien in him than anybody True. else. Not only that, if there's an accident, he has to stop because only... Only he knows what to do because mm -hmm. he's a Scientologist. You're just an SP. Have you ever seen that speech? No. Yeah. Where he gives in front of the yeah. Scientologist. It's 
fucking beautiful. He's it's a Scientology recruitment speech. He's talking about as when you're a Scientologist, like you know that if you're you pass by an accident, you're the one who needs to stop. You need you're you're positive. You're yeah. you've got that fucking Scientology energy working for you. You got to get and out everyone there. else is wow. an SP, so you've got to get in. What's there. an SP again? Suppressive personality. That's something. me, dog. I'm all about suppressing. Yeah, can't just let it go. Can't just let it loose. I've got thetans in me that you don't even fucking know. Do you about. have thetans in you? A lot. Of them. Does everybody have a thetan in them, or I just have, I have a lot. This is look at this. First of all, he won the Olympics I'm off of the, the fucking, world. I'm, my thetans oh are my off the charts. Look, they gave him a gold medal. He won the Olympics of the world, and he's standing in front of this gigantic thing that's right out of a fucking movie, like a Lex Luthor thing. I find him to be he's incredibly arousing right there. He's, impre- he's impressive. <laughs> he's impressive. Okay. These are the times we will all remember. Were you there? What did you do? I think you know that I am there for you. <laughs> and I do care so very, very, very much. So what do you say? We need to clean this place up? Oh. Is he talking about Earth? Because Are you going to go out there in the ocean? Are you going to stop right. Fukushima, Tom? To LRH. To LRH. L. Ron Hubbard, a man who was a terrible science fiction writer, who was quoted as okay. saying that if you really want to control things, start your own religion. Okay, so Mr. Debunker. Wow. Mr. <laughs> Debunker. Who, me? Yeah. Is that me? I'm Mr. Is Debunker? Is it true that Scientology was started as a bet to see who could do the best cult. That is the rumor, but I think it's essentially think just it's, hearsay. I think it's hearsay. Uh, well, obviously he started it. Obviously he created it. I mean, there's mm. no there's no getting around that. When you watch the be- if you want to know what the the actual history of Scientology is, there look no further than the South Park episode because right. the South Park does it massive justice yeah. and they keep saying this is the actual work like they, they they show you what they this is what they actually believe they also, <laughs> they also do that for mormons and that's b- yeah. beautiful as well yeah. um what i mean it's 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 terrible science fiction it's just like battlefield earth it's like yeah. that movie that they I made the, the travolta movie love which is it. magically bad so good and it was it. Really? Ma- yeah, ma- no, magically bad i think he put like 80 million of his own money in to make it Travolta? No. Wow. First of all, how do you get eighty million? Second of all, that's a bad investment because yeah. the fucking movie is dog shit. It's it's it's, but it's good. It's no, it's so bad. It's good. You need to just get really fucked up on an edible and sit through Showgirls, and then when the edible really kicks into a strong peak, and you're really worried about the future of your of your all your friends and the Earth itself. That's when you put on Battlefield Earth. Then, then you know we're all going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to be fine. By the time it's coming off, you're like, oh, okay. this is... Now this I know where your off. positivism comes from. <laughs> Mockery. <laughs> God damn. Um, we're out of time. But that right. was awesome, as usual. You guys are the shit. We got to do this again. Love you, man. Who, whose idea was this? Is this your idea Shane. to put this together? His, oh, it was, it was my Shane's idea. idea. Whoever's idea was, oh, it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It was such a fucking perfect idea. Um, it's my three favorite men. My, well, you're, you're my three favorite men. Mm-hmm. How about that? Um, Shane Smith 30, uh, that's, uh, his Twitter. Why Shane Smith 30? Why 30? Because Shane Smith was gone. But why 30? Just turned 30. Yeah, just turned 30. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and Eddie Huang is H-U-A-N-G. Mr. Eddie Huang, H-U-A-N-G. And where could people sample your fine dining in New York City? 238 East 14th Street at Bauhaus. At Bauhaus, yep. I'm I'm there at the end of January, so uh, I'll I'll be there, man. It's your fucking we'll work house, then. 
No, it's your house. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to take it. I just want to be a guest. Don't, no responsibilities, man. I'm on vacation, mm. dude. Love you. Thank you very much for doing Thank this. Thank you very Good much. Always. Thank, Thank you, Joe. brother. So, uh, such a good conversation. Rogan, so Rogan, Rogan, Rogan Nation. Powerful Settle Joe down. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Lumosity. Go to lumosity.com slash Joe and try that shit today, son. Get your dome in shape. You know you need it. Stop fronting. We're also brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com and do everything that you would do at the post office right from your desk. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Print postage for any letter or package the instant you need it. Then the mailman picks it up. It's over, bitches. Your game is done. Go to Stamps.com and use the offer code JRE for your $110 bonus offer. We are also brought to you by Onnit. That's O-N-N-I-T, makers of Alpha Brain. Uh, Use the code name Rogan and save yourself 10% off any and all supplements. Uh, December 27th, I will be at the Mirage in Las Vegas, Nevada with, ready, greatest lineup of all time, Joey motherfucking Diaz, Brian motherfucking Callen, and Ari motherfucking Shafir, all in Vegas with me one night, December 27th. We're trying to blow it out of the fucking back. Uh, And then, of course... New Year's Eve at the Melrose Improv in Hollywood. I'm there with the lovely and talented Sam Tripoli and Super Twink, a.k.a. Tony Hinchcliffe. That's his new stage name. Uh, And we'll be back tomorrow with uh, the one and only Duncan Trussell. Oh, shit. It's a celebration. Then Monday, Joey Diaz. Next week, Roseanne Barr as well. We're not fucking around, people. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Go fuck yourself, Mayans. You were wrong again, bitches. Wrong again!